Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello wrestling fans and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle here with you for episode number 51. We had episode 50 last week, fun deal. And um, Kyle and I shared our wrestling mixtapes with everybody. And Aaron is going to do, that's the first segment this week, Aaron. You're, you're, you're going to be so happy because we aren't going to do any modern product talk this week. Good. The first segment is going to be your mixtape. And then we'll, we also do pay-per-view reviews. Kyle, you have to do Good Friends, Better Enemies from 1996. Yeah. I got WCW Fall Brawl 1995, which is an abortion. <laughs> and Aaron got ECW Heat Wave, what was it, 98? Better have been because that's what I watched. All right. Well, then it was. <laughs> that's what it is. It was, God damn it. How are we doing out there, gentlemen? Uh, kind of in a fucking pissy mood today. I'm just so fucking sick and tired of people pissing on toilet seats. <laughs> fucking go to Walmart today, and it's like fucking... It's even at work. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Quit pissing on toilet seats. I've always wondered how people how people physically can shit up a wall. Yeah, it's like, God damn it, you realize that there's some fucking dude named Bill that has to clean that shit up? <laughs> He's getting paid minimum wage. How do you defy the laws of gravity and shit up I don't, a wall? I don't, I don't fucking know. It blows my goddamn mind. <laughs> and it's fucking ridiculous. It apparently also blows out their ass because that's what they do all over the wall. My 10-year-old nephew has better goddamn aim than most people. <laughs> all righty, Aaron. Sick fucks. <laughs> Sick freaks. You freaks. <laughs> nope. I hear a beer cracking. Maybe it's a Sprite. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, Jim Cornette. I haven't had one all day. <laughs> well, I don't know how you guys did yours because, you know, I couldn't last week. I had, um, you had the to bu- pay my... You had, huh? you had the bubble guts and the mud butt or whatever? Yeah, I didn't feel very well, and I knew I had to work the next day. Because, you know, I got to put people to actually pay me first. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. Sorry. I know. <laughs> so what I did was when you told me a mixtape mm-hmm. in my mind, you know, like when you make a mixtape for a friend or a mixtape for a girl that you like, you try to tell a story with it. Right. Or you, Or like that's the girl. But when it's like a buddy or a friend, you're like, hey, I'm going to make this tape. You don't know this music, but I know this music, and I'm going to show it. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So I didn't pick, like, my top ten favorite moments, necessarily. 
I picked top ten things that I would show a non-wrestling fan. That That's kind of what we did, too. We both, like, picked moments that we thought, like, caught the essence of wrestling, whether it was segments, moments, matches. I mean, you know, sure. like, the, the, not necessarily my favorite matches, but just as an example, it, it is in some of my favorite matches. Um, but I put, you know, Henning and, and Hart from SummerSlam 91 on there because that is the perfect wrestling match. Yeah. You know, so like stuff like I, I put do, on. Go ahead. I don't don't ruin what I have on my thing. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, like I said, our ours was. I don't know if you've listened to it or not, but I don't listen to this podcast. Well, then <laughs> it it ranged everywhere from like Piper's Pit moments to like Ric Flair returning and just a whole bunch of good shit. Yeah. So well, yeah, I, I'm I'd excited say, to hear what you have to say. I took mine from an aspect of I'm going to show a person that's never seen wrestling before in their life what Which, I would show them. Can you imagine if like you did try to show this to a girl you like, like? Oh, like, I've shown some of this stuff to my girlfriend. And it's, well, I, like you know, you both you know have significant others, and it's like, how do you show your significant other at first? Like, here's here's like here's two dudes barely dressed beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> this is what you got. Uh, never show them ECW first. Well, never show them ECW Period. general. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron, go ahead. All right, in no particular order. Um, I'm going to show her for or her. Uh, this will be how it'll go on my list. Um, the Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat trilogy. That was also on mine. A good call. It's. I know it is. I said it. Um. <laughs> it's one of the best. One of the best orchestrated feuds in wrestling history. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's. There, it's hard to argue with that one. Um. Can you think of a better? pure heel versus pure face match or series of matches. No, oh, that's why I put it on my list. To me, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just pure greatness. The, 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 the ratings in the box office didn't necessarily reflect it. But for wrestling fans, like true wrestling fans, that is, you know, I, I hear a lot of people of the modern era comparing um, Omega and Okada to that series. I still think Flair and Steamboat's better. Oh, it is. Flair and Steamboat is probably, I don't think you're ever going to get better than it. Yeah, but you know what, though? Here's the thing, though, Nate. Uh, this is the, this is Mark Meltzer talking here that it wasn't in the Tokyo dome. So <laughs> I hope that place burns down. I don't, I want to go to it. <laughs> I'd rather go to Budokan actually. And not, uh, is not, that for true? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that not for, I'm sorry that happened, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I would rather go to Budokan hall actually. But anyway, Proceed. Um, next on my list, um, is Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. 
Not the match that before it, though, right? Just that no, part. No, Hulk. I mean, you got to watch the match, but you know, it's the essence of Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. Yeah, like you're going to show somebody this is this is the moment in wrestling. You know what I mean? When we were kids growing up, this time, at this time, this was the biggest thing to ever happen in this business. Ninety-three thousand people showed up to watch these two. Yes, and I don't know if for the first five years. After it happened, as wrestling fans, as little dudes, there's probably not a moment that the WWF showed us more than that That moment. Hogan slamming the giant. The match is a fucking stinker. That's the thing, though. That's not a match. Like, that show, that 10 minutes or whatever they're out there, isn't a match. That's a that's a spectacle. It's a build up you know to I mean? a body slam, is what it is. It's a spectacle. It's yeah. it, it, now it wasn't created that match. That wasn't situated in the middle of all that to be a five star classic match. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever thought it was gonna be. No, that was a spectacle. That's why they put Andre. That's why they put Ricky Steamboat and Rick, Randy Savage out there. You know, to appease to, to, to appease yeah. those other people. Yeah, to give you your good match, your yeah, yeah, your classic. Yeah, Hogan, Hogan and Andre is is an iconic moment more than a good match, um, but it may be possibly the most famous wrestling match ever. That's why it's on my list. That's mm. why I show it to somebody. What was that? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> somebody farted. Um. Next on my list would be um, just go with the Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth being reunited. Uh, that is a good fucking call. It wasn't on either of ours, but goddamn, that's fucking brilliant. Like my girl, when she watches, like she likes like you know Steve Austin and Undertaker and things like that, you know. But she's more into it, like when there's like a a romance thing or a woman involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, the, like said, honestly, the the fun the funniest thing is like the three people she got into the most were Kane, the Undertaker, and Sable. <laughs> she's all about whatever Sable. She hasn't seen Sable turn heel yet. So I don't know how she's going to react to that. <laughs> but she's all about like like well, Sable like powerbomb and Mark Marrow and putting him in his place and shit. You that's know, just, that's just like so, with with the modern product. You know, when I'm watching, if I'm watching Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view, actually Raw SmackDown I don't count because I fast forward through a lot of it. But if I'm watching when I'm watching a pay per view, Kendall's interest is peaked for the women's division. You know, yeah. like I'm sure she's probably going to sit and watch the whole Evolution pay per view with me. Um, so Janice too, like she wanted when. When after SummerSlam happened, that was what she asked. She was like, I saw like a 30-second 30, 30 clip of Ronda Rousey throwing around Alexa Bliss or whatever. She's like, I want to watch that. So she didn't watch any other pay-per-view, like any of the other stuff, you know. Right. She wanted to watch that. So like, if I'm going to show that to somebody and sit them down and be like, hey, this is the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, and they were together for the longest time, and then they separated because Macho Man went evil. And he didn't want anything to he do got, with he it. Got, now his he got, career's over. He got with this crazy bitch. <laughs> he got with this crazy, like, like, just off the rails chick that's probably going to burn down the Pope's 
uh, the house or whatever. And now he's not making any money. She doesn't want anything to do with him. And Miss Elizabeth's like, uh-uh, not my man, you know. And she runs down there in her glittery mom pants and she attacks. And it's a fucking amazing. And in another couple months, they're going to get married. And then a snake's going to attack him. And then, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> Pro wrestling, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So essential Sherry seems like the kind of woman that'll like get pissed if you brought home two percent milk instead of fucking like one percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't bring yeah. you didn't bring the mom. Sherry's drinking. Sherry ain't drinking a lot of milk. <laughs> so, well, and then you, as a male wrestling fan, we always giggle because of the kid with the glasses and the yellow thing on his head. Yeah, during this. oh the fucking yellow rain suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Every, hey, hey. Fucking Coke was, bottle glasses. I don't know if that was a boy or a girl. I don't know. But whatever was going on there, that was that person's jam. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to hate on nobody. You know, what the, you know what's awful? That though? was their jam. You know what that reminds me of now when I see it? When I see it now, it still makes me laugh and it's still part of that moment. But it makes me think of those videos of like all the... Uh, the wigged out snowflakes that were crying and shit when Trump won president. I don't know why. It just reminds me of that. They think <laughs> that was so well, funny. I, I just think that, um, like I said, I'm not saying it's not funny, but in all honesty, to that person at that time, that was that it shit was, was real. I was gonna say it's <laughs> real. It's real to me. Damn it. <laughs> you know, so you can't hate on somebody for having that. I've had moments where I've been like, this is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe not crying or in a dressed up like Paddington Bear or whatever. <laughs> he was but Curious I'm George. still, I, I still held it, like, had it in my feels, you know? I'm sorry. Coat. I'm sorry. It just looked like fucking Rick Moranis. Fucking <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like Paddington Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay what's next all right next on my list is something that actually hit me in the feels and it is rick flair's retirement like the, the wrestlemania i love you i'm sorry mm-hmm. kick him in the face pin him one two three that's a moment that is... huh that's a moment and you know the thing is to me it i don't know and i know I know you can say, well, just ignore it. But that moment got ruined. That moment got ruined the minute he got back in the ring. Yeah, but TNA's in on my mixtape, so I know. they're not going to see that. But no, you're right. The moment itself is... I mean, when I see that... When I see that... Um... See, to me, it didn't get ruined because I don't... I, I don't I don't think I saw one minute of Ric Flair and TNA. The to only me, moment... It, it never happened. The only moment in TNA that I remember from Ric Flair is when he fucking said the fuck word <laughs> on live TV. TNA. Because it's him, Hogan, and Sting. And he's like, Sting, I'll kick your fucking ass. And Hogan's like, whoa! <laughs> Brother. I, I I think that moment... Yeah, Hogan's one to say something yeah. about somebody <laughs> saying something when a yeah. camera's around. <laughs> Oops, a daisy. But no, that moment, that match... Yeah, you're right. When I when I watch it to this day, it's it's emotional. You know, it's like, um, like I can't, 
it's one of those moments that 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 gets you, like you said, in the feels, no matter what. Just like, you know, the I've probably only watched it two times since it happened, but every time that I decide that I'm going to watch the Owen Hart tribute Raw, it's oh. it's like it just happened. Yeah. So yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's a good pick because I remember with a girl I was dating one time, I showed her that pay-per-view because it was right around when that came out. And like, she's like, I don't know who in the fuck any of these people are, but like, I want to see that old dude fucking win. (laughs) Like, I want to see him fucking. Yeah. It's just fucking. It was like, I want to see him fucking do it. I often wonder about like young wrestling fans back in the day, like when Flair came back. And was like with Triple H, like my kids. Yeah, my, that maybe my, didn't know what my, old wrestling was, my, you know. So now all of a sudden, just this this wacky old dude shows that's, up. That's how my kids viewed him. They just to to my kids, Ric Flair is eternally old because that's what they remember. That's, that's yeah. they don't they didn't know. Even though you know they might be around or whatever when I'm watching old wrestling, but. To them, Ric Flair's just this old guy that was hanging out with Triple H. Yeah, just walk by the TV while you're watching NWA, and they're like, why is Triple H's grandpa <laughs> with, him, with that black lady? What's going on? Why is, Triple H's hey, black, you... why is Triple H's grandpa with that black lady and that teddy bear? Yeah. Have, you guys, have you guys ever realized that Triple H is the game and Ric Flair's the dirtiest player in the game? Oh. Ew. Mm. Um, instead of a, subject, instead of a, was, instead of a woo that got a new. Listen, yeah. listen to this. Okay, they. I was listening to some other podcasts, and they were talking about Ric Flair's um, commencement ceremony or whatever, because he didn't really get married. Yeah. <clears throat> I could live. I could. I could. Uh, I could have lived my, the rest of my life without ever seeing that picture of him with his tongue in that woman's mouth. Yeah. Anyway. I, I put on. I put on a <laughs> Facebook page. Did you see that? Yes. So I put on there. I said, "This is looking. This is what they will look back at as the picture that started the zombie apocalypse." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, about that commencement ceremony, the podcast I was listening to was done by some people that were actually there. And Ric Flair, when he came out, um, he came walking down the aisle to Ric Flair drip. (laughs) Uh, I just think it's funny that Ric Flair had a heart attack and then went, oh, gee, like he went gangsta. He came out of the hospital like, I'm a gangsta now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. When I woo, it needs to be auto-tuned. He's probably the only white guy that could walk down Compton and be like, that's Ric Flair. Him and Undertaker. You <laughs> yeah, you don't fuck with them. And did you see that picture of Undertaker? Yeah. That dude was fist, that was yeah, double fisting fist Jack Daniels in one hand. <laughs> like, Have Ric Flair, see, Undertaker, and fucking... Did you see that picture of Michael Hayes? I saw, that pic- I saw a picture with all of them together, yeah. See what Michael but, Hayes or, was wearing? Yes. Like a pink onesie and a fanny pack. It's <laughs> about right. I was like, this party would be amazing. Added oh. Dennis Rodman, and it's like, goddamn, what, yeah, what the fuck? 
Like, you should have put that on fucking Fight TV, Conrad. I would have bought that. That's like when Rock, oh, shit. When, Rock, when, Rock, when Rock said he was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Pimp. <laughs> All right. All right, what's next? Next on my list is um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunning Vince McMahon. The first time? For the time? Very first time. Oh, Vince took it so badly. And but it was so great as, a, as a moment, you know that one. And, and I'm not, I'm not at all saying that it's it shouldn't be on your mixtape because you know it is a great. That one almost though is I don't think that someone you're just bringing into it can truly appreciate that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like because you, when we were watching, we'd been watching since we were little in the '80s and. Something like that, Vince McMahon getting stunned. It's like it was. It. I, I, I guess know. the re- I guess the reason I would put it on there is it's one of the things where you can say I want to show you what one thing, like one moment, that changed the can business. bring twenty three thousand people pure joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and it started Vince's. Uh, like, it started Vince's. It started his immunity to yes, the Stone Cold immu- Stunner. His immunity to the Stunner, because that one like put him in the hospital or whatever. Yeah, he had to be taken out of the stretcher and everything, and then, and like, then by, by like by the by the nine, he's just taking like two of them. Yeah, by the end of it, flipping them off. Yeah, by the end of it, he could take like four or five and just keep getting up <laughs> and taking them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was good stuff. <laughs> um, excuse me. That raw was an MSG, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like twenty three thousand people, like nobody in that building was like, "Oh, boo!" Yeah, we didn't want to see that. <laughs> um, you guys ready for my next one? Mm-hmm. Yep. It would be Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. Best, um... That's, that's, I'm, I'm gonna say something and you guys might not agree with it, but that's my favorite match of all time. No, it's not my favorite match of all time. It is one of my favorite matches of all time. And that match was not on my list, but I want to tell you just for the sake of conversation, something that involved those two that was on my list. And it would have been the entire um, the entire Raw with the ambulance angle. Yeah. That's, one, that's, that's possibly one. It is one of the top two or three episodes of Monday Night Raw ever made. And that match is that match between those two at WrestleMania 13 is definitely one of the top two or three WrestleMania matches ever, and it it's the best it's the best double turn match ever too. Yeah, you know, and I, and it shows you what WWE could do if they just would listen to their fucking fans. Yeah, I just I, I think it's a to me that's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it shows that I know he's bitter, I know he's whatever, but I think Bret Hart should be on a, if you're going to make a short list of three guys that can put together just a stellar, excellent match, Bret Hart would be two or three on that list, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, And on top of that... (laughs) A young man, well, not a young man at that time, same age as them, but 
a wrestler from Tennessee was watching that match, and his name was Jeff Jarrett. And he said, from the rest of my life, I'm going to wrestle that kind of That's the kind of match I'm going to have the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm just going to walk through the crowd. I'm never going to do it that well. <laughs> Fucking Jeff Jarrett. And nobody's ever going to react the way these people are. <laughs> the old but I'm going to keep doing it. We're gonna, <laughs> by the time I'm done, they're going to call that the Jeff Jarrett walking brawl. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yes, good pick. Very good pick. Jeff Jarrett's theme song should have been a walk it out, a walk it out, a walk it out. <laughs> That's how I walk it out. <laughs> and then he's like, and then you know what I'm going to do? In 2001, I'm going to start me my own company. Or was it 2002? I'm not sure. It's going to be sometime around there. And I'm going to have the coolest music of everybody and all the broads are going to be with me. Everybody's going to be on old Double J's dick. J Double F. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you hear about the um, I almost thought about buying this Bruce Pritchard roast. Did you hear about the the main joke in that thing on Jeff Jarrett? No. Whatever comedian, whichever one of the comedians they had there. Mm-hmm. And I thought about getting it because they said Ron Futchins is on it. And I love Ron Futchins. Yeah. But he didn't make this joke. It was some other comedian. Jeff Jarrett was there. And he was like, the best angle Jeff Jarrett's ever been in is Karen. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that joke and that Ron Fudgens was there, I was like, I might pay, I might pay four ninety nine and watch this. <laughs> Best thing old cat, Jeff Jarrett's ever been is Karen. I know it gets us off topic. God damn, it's a great joke. If, I know it gets us off topic, but we'll get back on topic quick. But since you mentioned a roast, I was going to recommend to both of you guys, if you haven't watched it, look up on YouTube sometime, you know, tomorrow or whatever. Watch Al Snow at the Jim Cornette roast. It's really funny. But anyway. All right. Next on my list is um and i know this because i've shown this to people and that haven't watched wrestling and they've been holy fuck is mankind getting tossed off the hell in a cell that was also on my list that should be on everybody's list it was on yours too wasn't it kyle i think i i don't remember probably probably possibly yeah it's that would probably be the um that's the first that's the hulk hogan slamming Andre the Giant of the Attitude the Era. The 90s. Yeah. Of the Attitude Era. That's the first thing I show someone when I want to introduce them to wrestling because you aren't going to show someone Bret Hart and, and Kurt Henning right off the bat because if they're not assimilated to wrestling, that may or may not catch their interest. But watching one 300-pound guy throw another 300-pound guy off a 22-foot steel cage. While another 300-pound guy goes, good God almighty, they, they killed, killed him. him. That will catch someone's fucking interest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't – see, here's it's my also, problem. It's also – sorry, go ahead. So here's my problem with that. It's not so much the fall – they get the the gets the intrigue. I think it's the fact that he got back up and fucking continued on, is I think what makes that stand out. 
Yeah. Because if he had just if he had just fallen off, people were like the like wow, yeah, that was cool, but like lasted two minutes. And it's also something you can show a non wrestling fan to show them that wrestling isn't fake, it's fixed. Yeah. And it's also, (laughs) I think, one of the only times that a um, wrestling commentator wasn't faking. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jim Ross wasn't like, you know. Oh, I I thought you were talking about that. He wasn't hamming it up. Jim Ross was legitimately like, good God almighty, they killed him. (laughs) I thought you were... Go ahead. I thought you were talking about Hugh Savinovich. Wasn't uh, faking when he fucking mankind lands on top when of him. He, when he gets blown 20 feet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jerking him off I'm not the about, top rope. I'm not talking about, no. when, he, I'm not talking about no. when he was married to Wendy Richter or whatever. <laughs> he told Jake the Snake, I got to get away from you, man. <laughs> you going to kill me. <laughs> So Jake Vamanos. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't. It's funny that in the time when Hugo Savinovich was on WWE TV and he was this fat Spanish wrestling announcer, it's funny all the things I've learned about his crazy life since then. Like <laughs> back then, I didn't know who the. You know what I mean? He's just the Spanish. Yeah. But then it turns out he was man, married to Wendy Richter. He used to do blow with Jake Roberts. <laughs> you know, it's like God damn, this guy's he had was, a life. <laughs> he was the star of Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> But anyway, what's next? He also has the great, one of the greatest calls ever. Uh oh, Senior McMahon. That's <laughs> 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 oh, great stuff. Um, the next one on my list would be the Hulk Hogan heel turn from Bash at the Beach, or yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Bash at the Beach. Also on my oh. list, yes. That was a moment where. People can say what they want to say, but the 13,000 people or whatever in that building, that at that time, that was that was real to those people. You know what I mean? Yes. And they were all adding to bear at that moment. It's, all, <laughs> it's also one of those moments. There are probably five or six of those moments in wrestling history where I know exactly where I was, who I was with. You know, you remember... You remember the circumstances that you were watching when that happened. And, again, it's for people that people that didn't grow up during the era before that happened can never understand what that was truly like to watch it as it, as it unfolded. And you're just looking at your buddies and shit going, did, did Hulk Hogan really just turn bad guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, wait a minute, wait... <laughs> We it had is, this. It is the greatest. It is the greatest moment in WC in WCW history. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation last week. Me and Nate did, and I want to bring you into it. That that Hogan Hollywood Hogan is probably the best heel there's ever been. Because uh, because if you look at the fact, because what we were talking about last week was like Hall and Nash were like the cool heels, and Hogan, especially at the beginning, like he fucking played heel like perfect. Why don't I? Um, I'd say he's one of. I don't think he's the great. Holy, I don't think Hollywood Hogan's the greatest heel of all time, but he's one of. Yeah, he's in so, the 
He's in the top. He's in the top five. And you know what's great is if you think about it, the greatest heels, probably other than well, yeah, probably other than Flair. Flair was, Flair was, an okay babyface, but he was a fantastic heel. But if you think about it, the best heels ever, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, they were the best because they were a big time babyface first, and then they turned heel. And I don't know, because like my my favorite heel, my favorite heels. Eh, I mean, I I like I like Hart Foundation Bret Hart better than NWO Hulk Hogan, but NWO Hulk Hogan yeah. had a longer run. And I like, um, I like nineteen eighties, like early nineteen eighties Roddy Piper more than I like heel Hulk Hogan. So yeah, like, I mean it's, but that Hogan moment, that moment, yeah, that moment was and great. That Hogan turning heel is the greatest heel turn ever. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not knocking. I'm not saying Hogan's that wasn't a great heel. I just don't think he's the greatest heel ever. I'd, I'd put him probably <laughs> under, in my opinion, I'd put him under Mr. McMahon, Roddy, I'd say like Mr. McMahon, Roddy Piper, and then maybe Hollywood Hogan. If I had to like pick three of them. Kyle? I can, I can see that. I guess to me it's, like with Hollywood Hogan, especially at the beginning, like, I don't know. To me, he—I'm—he's I'm, almost the greatest heel of all time because he kind of revolutionized what it meant to be a heel. And like you said you're—you're. You're, you know, I'm, I'm not, not arguing with you. No, no. I like. I guess my—it's the impact that it had. Like, yes, Mr. McMahon was—you know—a great heel, and. So was, you know, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair. But the problem was that, again, with Roddy Piper and Ric Flair, it was that after so long, he became they became, like, the cool heel. And there in 96 and 97, there was not one goddamn redeeming quality about Hollywood Hogan. Except his long hat, that when he wore that long hat. <laughs> yeah. Keep my keys, brother. <laughs> the, the worst is Hollywood Hogan at, at Halloween Havoc '96 when he has that ridiculous hairpiece in. <laughs> that to me, the look, the fun, the most fun look he ever had was when he had that long, that long hat and those like round sunglasses. It's like you look like a fucking idiot, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> Somebody get Grandpa. <laughs> Hogan's off. Hogan didn't take his meds this morning. What the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> Grandpa's gone nuts. <laughs> Uncle Creepy with a build, as Jim Cornette called him. <laughs> Go get him before he gets lost or says something racist. All right, what's next, Aaron? The screw job. The screw job. The Montreal screw job. I don't know. What more can be said about that? That's, um, like, it's funny because you, you look at, you look at it, 96, 97, 98, okay? You got 
96, Hulk Hogan turns heel. 97, The Screwjob. 98, Austin McMahon. Like, three years, three super-defining moments. And we, don't, we don't talk about the screw job too much because I think people have been talking about it for. Yeah, we've even talked about it here on this show at length. But yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm, I'm just saying. That's something I would show somebody. Yeah. And I have one more. All right. And it is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jerry Lawler and Kevin, or yeah, Jerry Lawler and Andy Coffin on David Letterman. It's the last one. That's a really good fucking pull. I don't think any of us picked anything outside of, you know, like the wrestling scope or whatever, you know. That's yeah, a really good pull. Something I would show somebody. And Kaufman singing Jambalaya with Fred Blassie watching. <laughs> Later on, yeah. But but that that is, to me, that's... That could honestly be the best piece of business that's ever done, been done in professional wrestling. Well, the funniest part about that, if you go back and watch that, is when like the fans, like the people in the audience, are kind of like, ah, yeah, whatever. It's until fucking Lawler slaps the shit out of fucking Andy <laughs> Kaufman, everyone's like, oh fuck, it just got real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and and those two guys. Did it perfectly. And kudos to David Letterman for letting it be on his show and for actually being and a all, And in all honesty, Letterman had no fucking idea that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, they worked he, everybody. He, him and Lawler contest to this day that he was in on it. The Letterman was? Yes. I don't think Letterman knew that Andy was going to come back and say motherfucker. Well, him. no, probably not that. <laughs> that probably, probably not that. I'm talking about the slap, I guess. Well, I, uh, that would be fine, but no, no TV person is going to be like, oh yeah, come back out and say that. <laughs> although, <laughs> although I love his line, the greatest like... lines of all time. You you can say all that on TV, but you can never ever throw coffee. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, to me, that is, I, honestly, I think that is the best piece of business that's ever been done in wrestling. Because it was just, it hit every point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love the fact it, that... It, it made a studio full of people that at first were giggling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Giggling at these two guys. Giggling at the phony wrestler up there and the silly little comedian. Oh, this is so funny. <laughs> this wrestling's so fake. And <laughs> like when they're trying to cut their little promos out, like, I don't like this guy. And then they're giggling or whatever. Yeah. And then Lawler stands up and just smacks the fuck out of him. <laughs> and everybody in that building is like, whoa. You know? Yeah, it that... took people that aren't necessarily wrestling fans and made them for at least in that moment. And it. 30 minutes think holy shit yeah this is real you know what i mean mm-hmm. well so again it goes back to that like whole, the greatest moment ever right it goes back to that old thing where the you know it's like oh yeah i know the rest of that stuff might be fake and bullshit but that was fucking real and that's what i'm saying and they took people that are even more skeptical skeptical of it non-wrestling fans and made them go whoa that's that's crazy you know what I mean? Yes, good pick. Because 
because I could say, you know, like, oh, well, if that was Hogan or whatever, Lawler was going on there at a time when people sit in a crowd at New York watching David Letterman. They weren't watching Memphis wrestling. You know what I mean? No. No, well, all they knew about wrestling was Bruno. Yeah, or, you know, oh, it's that thing that Hulk Hogan's doing right now or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, to me, that's... To me, the greatest, ah, the greatest worked thing in the history of professional wrestling. I'll say, opinion. I'll say it's definitely the best thing that wrestlers that a wrestler has ever done outside of a in a, in a wrestling arena. If that makes sense. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I, but yeah, like I said, that's, it's just that's what I'll, I'll I'll give you that one. That it's definitely like as far as a mainstream thing outside of the wrestling arena, it is the best. Yeah. I mean, it's you know the the probably the that and. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else that even comes close. It's it's the best suit. It's the best. Andy Kaufman's the best wrestling celebrity ever. Yeah. It, it's Andy Kaufman, and then it's Mike Tyson, and it's because it's two guys that enjoy and love wrestling. And at that point, at, I mean, at that point, that must uh, that had to have been the most watched wrestling angle ever probably or you know what i mean yeah yeah because it's on nationwide tv on on david letterman and everybody's watching it and it was before you know you had saturday night's main event or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah and and they did it without like you know millions of dollars behind it like vince mcmahon or whatever yeah i just I, i think it's i think it's a great cool little story that this little Little hillbilly Memphis company, you know, got got their shit on NBC, and <laughs> and the whole world saw it. And I just, I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool deal, in my opinion. Good stuff. All right. Well, there is Aaron's wrestling mixtape, ladies and gentlemen. And if he wants to know what ours is, he'll have to go listen to his own podcast once. <laughs> I don't think he cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all but right. Coming up next is our pay-per-view reviews. Yes, and, so get ready for that. And uh, if you guys will do me the honor, I'd like to go first this time around. Absolutely. If you guys don't mind, I'll go second. Aaron. I'll go fourth. <laughs> okay. We'll slip. We'll get somebody else in here to review one. <laughs> Yeah, it's this girl at work. This new lady at work. She's talking about her kids in like nauseam. Like I was like, stop talking about your kids. Nobody cares about them. And I was like, how many do you have? And she was like, three. And I was like, oh, one of each, huh? <laughs> Did you get a blank stare? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like one guy was like, <laughs> and everybody else, like, everybody else is staring at me. I'm like, oh, that's like that's like I was reading through. Uh thread you posted in a facebook group the other day the one you posted about nicholas cage movies yeah and that one dude got all butt hurt yeah. <laughs> it's like oh for fuck's sake you fucking pussy. yeah that guy was like oh i see the troll <laughs> yeah. Come about that guy yeah fuck off snowflake <laughs> listen fucking nicholas cage knows what he's doing and, too and he's like, like look he was like i guess you're the dick and then did you hear my response yes, response? yes thanks thanks <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I was. I just looked at that and I was like, I would comment on it, but it's not even worth it. <laughs> Thanks was enough. <laughs> yes, it was enough. All right, we're gonna take a break because the ho- one of the hosts at least has to pee. And uh, when we return, I get to um, entertain the masses with my review of WCW Fall Brawl '95. <laughs> So we'll be back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast right after this. All systems operating within normal design parameters. Engage cybernetic generation sequence. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcast podcast app you prefer to use, you can find this podcast. So if you found it on Podbean but you prefer to use the Apple iTunes thing, go ahead and do that. You can also check out MotleySoup.com for both this podcast and the Motley Soup podcast. Now, this week's show, now, just so everybody knows and the co-hosts know, next week's show is a freeform show, so bring whatever you got, guys. But this week's show is a pay-per-view review show, and... I'm going to review Howard the Duck. (laughs) Out of the... (laughs) Out of the... I think that had as many sexual predators as wrestling starring in it. Holy shit. Um... My what I picked out of the hat this time around was WCW Fall Brawl, two or nineteen ninety five. I almost gave a Fall Brawl a two thousand. Like there was like one in the two thousands, because that fucking place went under. But let me. Uh, nineteen ninety five WCW is the worst wrestling company of all time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's worse than TNA. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I got to experience it. and At least Jeff Jarrett had a midget pull a gun on him. <laughs> I have a lot. him with a guitar. I'm going to talk about it, and I have a lot to say. We are in, It is September 17th, 1995. We are in Asheville. You know, if, 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 if Hulk Hogan would have had a midget pull a gun on him, that would have been awesome. <laughs> And well, they had a midget. Well, in this match, with Hulk in, Hogan. In, the, in this pay-per-view, I was about to say, they did have a midget sending an army after Hulk Hogan. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We are in Asheville, North Carolina. It's September 17, 1995, with an attendance of 6,600 rabid wrestling fans for the worst war, war games ever. And we, Oh, no, the second worst war yeah, games. Yeah, second worst war games We ever. will get to that, too. We start off with our commentators, Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone. And, no dusty uh, roads. No dusty roads on this pay per view. Oh, that's too bad. We show that uh, the giant destroyed Hulk Hogan's motorcycle with his uh, um, monster truck. So right. there's that. And the first match on the show, right off the bat, we have a number one contender for the U.S. Championship match between Brian Pillman and Johnny B. Bad. And. Mm. The match itself is actually really good. Probably the only decent thing on the show. Yeah, it's pretty close. 
The match is pretty good. They actually go to a 20-minute time limit. Then the referee allows the match to continue. And it actually has a cool finish. I forgot about this finish. It's actually a unique finish. Because you know how sometimes two guys that are high flyers will go for a high cross body and they both high cross body each other? Yeah. Well, in this match, the way the match finished was they did that spot. But Johnny B. Badges happened to be on top of Pillman when it ended. When they were done with that spot. So he got the pin and won the match. And then afterwards, fun stuff as Johnny B. Bad says, My mama's so proud. My mama's so proud into the camera. And Bobby Heenan says, Who cares about your mama? (laughs) And I just thought that was great. (laughs) Who cares about your mama, Johnny B. Bad? One show where he blew up his his bad blaster or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And and Bobby Heenan was like, think about that poor sap. He's got to clean all that up. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I am so glad that 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 man's life is on tape. You know what I mean? He's like, think about that poor sap. He's got to clean all that up. What a jerk. (laughs) Oh, shit. Anyway, that was a really good match. And then we get a interview with Mean Gene and the Nature Boy Ric Flair because in one of the stupidest things WCW ever did, and they tried to cover it up by saying it was part of a bigger storyline, but we know that's bullshit. Um, they broke up Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. And they're going to have Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson, first time ever, et cetera, et cetera. To me, one of the worst things WCW ever did. Rick Flair's cutting a promo about how he still loves Arn, but he's the man and Arn's not the man. And, and I mean, you watch this. This is the worst Rick Flair promo I've ever seen because you can tell that he is absolutely not into it and he hates it. Art Anderson said in his book that this had him so upset and nervous and everything mm-hmm. that he threw up in a trash can two times before this match. He said it's like the only time that ever happened to him. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just, yeah, but but anyway, I'll get to the match later and, and what I think about the outcome of it. But then we have, our next match is, uh, and this is on pay-per-view, folks. We're paying for this. At the time, probably what, maybe twenty nine ninety nine. The next match is Cobra versus Craig Pitbull Pittman. Who the fuck is Cobra? Wasn't he fake Sting? Yeah, he's fake Sting. Jeff Farmer. Before, before that, jumping Jeff Farmer. Before that, he pay, he played, and this is what Tony Schiavone says. Listen to this, and I shit you not, you can go back and you can listen to it. He says he's special forces from the CIA. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? There's no such thing. As- that was just Tony Schiavone <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, you listen to that guy now. He said 99% of his shit, he was just making it up. He says he is special forces from the CIA. So he's getting, Cobra is getting, which the worst thing about, you don't remember Cobra, Kyle? I just said Cobra Kai. Ah. Cobra Kai. <laughs> that the, Look, the, the, fact, the fact is that WCW in the 95 had a lot of people come and go. Jumping or jumping Jeff Farmer. I almost keep calling him jumping Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Farmer stuck around, man. He was fake Sting. 
Yeah. But this dude that, dude... that dude was like, I look like... like I guess he came up with that shit. Like him and Scott Hall. He was like, I look like staying now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this and guy's... then he, he took that shit to Japan and got over like a rover. This like, guy... Fake staying was more over than real staying in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's music was literally just... Yes. Yeah. So he's a, he he's in the ring awaiting Craig Pitbull Pittman, and um, Pittman doesn't come out. So one of uh, <laughs> it's fake Sting versus one, Rock. One of Pittman's privates, as Bobby Heenan says, <laughs> one of Pittman's privates is out here. <laughs> but anyway, so the other one doesn't come out. <laughs> who, by the way, in this show is played by a young Prince Iakea. Really? And, uh, yeah. So he no come, love for my rock joke? What'd you say? I didn't hear it, I guess. I said it's fake Sting versus Rock. <laughs> Not Wayne Johnson, but Rock from the 1990s sitcom Rock. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, so while this, uh, while Pittman's privates are distracting Cobra, <laughs> Pittman repels from the ceiling. And in about a minute, gets a victory over Cobra. So thankfully, that's over quickly. Now we get to some of the greatest wrestle crap ever, but in a funny way. Because now we get the the recap of the segment with Mr. Wonderful and Gary Spivey. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that, Kyle? Yes. Okay. The best, yeah, the amazing best, hat. The best part of the whole thing, other than Spivey's fro hat, <laughs> is when he comes in the room and Mister Wonderful goes, "Gary Spivey from the Psychic Friends Network." <laughs> it's fucking. It's sure insane. is, Mister Wonderful. It is insane, and it is so poorly acted, and is so campy. And God, I hope that was the intent. And that probably Gar- was that, that Gary Spivey guy. I never heard of him before this, and I haven't seen him since. But uh, what a wackadoodle! He's still wearing that big wig and that that crazy jumpsuit. He's still out there. Yeah, with the, with the ramen looked, noodles on his yeah, head. I looked him up the other day. The worst part about the segment, or I guess the biggest miss about the segment, is when the because Orndorff's a heel. And Bobby's trying to put over the fact that Mr. Wonderful has found Mr. Wonderful again, you know? The the saddest part about the whole thing is it makes it so Bobby doesn't crack any jokes about Gary Spivey. Really? Like, like how awesome would it have been if Bobby Heenan would have cracked some jokes about that dude? But he doesn't. Like, Gary Spivey's like, I can't reinflate your arm, but I can tell you where you forgot your keys. <laughs> and i didn't realize this until i watched (laughs) i didn't realize this until i watched this segment it didn't dawn on me until i watched it just the other day but gary spivey keeps saying things to mr wonderful like you're mr wonderful you're mr wonderful you're absolutely wonderful you're the one and only mr wonderful and i realized that the stuff he was saying became the lyrics to that song that really? They had for him, yeah. The the one the, with the opera singer or whatever. Well, if you think about it, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, like I didn't like it was. 
Like they they probably had written the song or whatever, and then you know what I mean. They worked that into yeah. the. But yeah, so the next match on the show is for the world television title, and it is Fat DDP versus the Renegade. <laughs> Sorry, Fat DDP. And Fat DDP has the the uh, the Diamond Doll, of course, Kimberly with him, and Max yeah. Muscle oh. with him as well. Oh, Fat DDP and the Renegade. Renegade's fucking the shits. Um, <sighs> Poor and, Renegade. Who's yeah. the shits? <laughs> oh, I said fucking the shits, didn't I? <laughs> Why is he fucking Mac Muscle? <laughs> Gross. Uh, he did look like he hung out on Sunset Beach or whatever. The, the match is terrible. Um, of course. About nine minutes of terrible. Two of the worst wrestlers of all time. And Tony Schiavone says during the match, and I quote... <sighs> This is the longest Renegades ever had to have a match. And Bobby Heenan goes, unfortunately, you're right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway. Like that... the only good thing about anything you're talking about is Kimberly Page. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan commentating. Yeah. So Max Muscle, Max Muscle holds Renegade's foot when he's trying to come off the rope with an ultimate warrior move. And, um. Since Max Muscle's holding the foot, Fat DDP gets the diamond cutter and uh, wins the world television title. Thankfully, the match is over. Um, and it wouldn't have even been five stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome. It was terrible. Aww. By, this point, by this point, I would have left. <laughs> now we get to the, the second best match of the night. because, And I'll get to why later, but Flair and Arn isn't even one of the best matches of the night. But anyway, um, the the best match of the night was Pillman and Johnny B. Bad. The second best match of the night is for the World Tag Team Titles: Harlem Heat versus Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater. It All is, good workers, it, other yes, than Stevie Ray. Yes, and it's actually a really good match. And you have the added bonus of the Colonel Parker Sherry angle going down. <laughs> um, Colonel Parker and Sherry, because this is a War Games pay per view, so there's two rings. Colonel Parker and Sherry start um, making out in ring two <laughs> while while the referee is distracted by Stevie Ray outside the ring and the Nasty Boys interject and come in and hit Dick Slater with his own boot, which is funny because Bobby Heenan, I don't think, realizes that they, that they hit him with the boot because he goes, oh, the Nasty Boys knocked him out of his boots. And then Tony Schiavone goes, no, he hit him with the boot. And Bobby goes, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, Bobby and Tony do not give a fuck at this point. All right, they are just <laughs> doing what they do. But anyway, so and you know, I think I think um, it was a lot more entertaining. But I think um, Sherry and Colonel Parker broke up more in '95 and '96 than Sting and Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> and their story was more intriguing. That's what I'm saying. It was more entertaining, but those two broke up and got back together more than Sting and Luger. <laughs> so Harlem Heat wins the tag team titles. And um, so that's what goes down there. And, and Colonel Parker does an interview with uh, Mean Gene. Mean Gene goes, look at you, Parker, you're a mess. And he, he talks about how in love he is with Sherry. I love that girl. I love that girl. Great angle. One of the few. Yeah, I really think that if they would have let 
Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I was just going to say one of the few thing, good things of WCW 95 was that angle. I really think if they would have let um, um, Robert Fuller and uh, and Jimmy Golden just be Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden, mm-hmm. there wouldn't have been any any touching those guys, man. Yeah. Like Colonel Parker itself was entertaining, but and Bunkhouse Buck was actually entertaining. Yeah, but those two is Golden and Fuller. Jesus Christ, they were great. Yeah, well, yeah, and they were like I said. I mean, you think about you think about all the quote unquote big stars that came into WCW in '94 and '95. One of the best acts in the whole company was the fucking Stud Stable. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I never, I never, um, what am I say? I never fast forward when I'm watching old wrestling. I never fast forward past anything involving the Stud Stable. I think at one point Terry Funk was in it. <laughs> Terry Funk was in it. Double A was in it. Mang, mm-hmm. Bunkhouse Buck, Dick Slater. Uh, I thought there was one other person. I don't remember who it was, but it's like just those names. Yeah. All awesome, super entertaining dudes. Always good stuff. Yep. Now we get a Mean Gene promo with Arn Anderson about his match with Flair. And then Flair and Anderson have their match. You want to watch two guys that are that are disappointed in what's going on, and I mean, how do you put two of the best? The only way you put two of the best workers in the of all time in the ring, and they don't have a good match, is when they really, really don't want to do this. The match is not good. It is. It is as basic as a basic match gets. They don't. They don't turn up the volume. They don't, you, you can just tell that they don't want to be doing it. Uh, the finish comes when Brian Pillman comes out and uh, kicks Ric Flair in the side of the head, which gives Anderson the opportunity to get a DDT and get the pin over Ric Flair. And uh, what what people will or you know what Bischoff and them will say now is that they were the whole thing was set up to do the whole screw job on Sting and reform the horseman. I think that's bullshit. They were trying to see if they could get Arn to be a singles. I think they were just doing it to fuck with Arn and Flair. And I believe yeah. I believe a lot of things Eric Bischoff says. Eric Bischoff, if you listen to his podcast, Eric Bischoff makes a lot of sense. He speaks as a businessman and he, when you listen to him speak about things, it puts things in a different perspective, and he's very believable. <clears throat> but it, when it comes to stuff of fucking with Ric Flair back in the day, I don't believe a word he says. I think all yeah. that, his his intention was to fuck with Ric Flair because he didn't like him. Which is fucking a shame. What do you think, Aaron? I think everybody that's ever been a boss in that company after the Crockett sold it. Um, Fucked with Ric Flair. Yeah, it's like, why? Yeah, why are exactly, you fucking with guy? Exactly. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't get it. I think it. the only one that wouldn't have fucked with him was Bill Watts, but Will, Bill Watts never had a chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. His dude was out the door before he got there. Bill Watts, if he would have been there sooner, Flair probably would have never left because Bill Watts would have been like, Flair's the man. We're keeping the belt on him. Right. You know, oh, I mean, other than that, like everybody was always just like they wanted to get rid of Ric Flair. It's funny that you mentioned that because I thought about um, 
I don't know what I was reading. Oh, I'm reading, uh, if, if either one of you haven't got a chance yet, get the Death of the Territories book. It's really good. Death of the Territories by Tim Hornraker, I think is his name. But anyway, um, I was reading that book and some of the stuff they're writing about. And I thought, just what you said about Bill Watts, if, 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 if Watts would have been booking and Flair would have stayed... Can you imagine what Bill Watts could have done with heel Ric Flair versus babyface Ron Simmons for the title? Yes. Like, nobody booked a black babyface champion like Bill Watts. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think that could have been a fantastic piece of business. I think, I think, um... I think Bill Watts, because I've looked back on things like when Flair left WCW or whatever mm-hmm. and been like, man, this would have been cool. And I think it would have been like super awesome. And I think Bill Watts probably would have did it. I think it would have been like, you know, like the spot Luger was in with, with Ron Simmons. Yeah. Would have been Flair. And I think Harley Race would have been with him. I think they would have went back to the story, you know what I mean? The wrestling history of now Flair and Racer together. Right. That type of thing. But yeah, just, I don't know why anybody that ever went into WCW was like, you know what? I'm going to fuck with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Ric Flair. What's he ever done for us? <laughs> what the fuck? It's only, <laughs> he's, it's the only, only he's, he's only a... the fact that the, the, the 4,000 people that we drew to this 18,000 seat arena are all chanting. <laughs> we Rick, want Flair. Yeah. Yeah. But eh, let's alienate let's alienate the last group of people we have watching our product. <laughs> <clears throat> well if you ask Bear, if you ask Bischoff, it was the only, only Piper only, Piper and Hogan were the only ones to ever the only draw thing, anything. The only way I'll even give it to Bischoff over the other ones is because Bischoff still had other um irons in the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had Hogan, he had Savage, he had Sting, he had but all these other guys that were fucking with him, they didn't have anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Garvin? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even Garvin then, you know. I know that was Garvin was, was already out. Like, like, yeah. like, like, what? What are you gonna, you gonna get rid of Ric Flair there? Jim Hurd. <laughs> all you got, all you got is staying in the goddamn candy man, <laughs> the, yeah, motherfucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now after the Flair Arn match, if you are a '90s wrestling fan, one of your favorite guilty pleasures is the Kevin Sullivan War Games video. Does anybody posies? <laughs> yeah. But they expired. <laughs> Matter of fact, we hate your guts. <laughs> Nobody said life was going to be easy. As he's standing on his head. It is. It is. If you have not seen it, folks, put in. I don't know what you'd put in. Kevin Sullivan, Fall Brawl 95, War Games promo, something. Watch this video. It is crazy. It is crazy. crazy. Awesome. <laughs> yes, crazy awesome. It's the only good thing about this War Games is this video. And uh, there's uh, it's a rubber action figure with a little shovel. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And then there's that one moment where he just really does look evil and psycho. Yeah. And, and to us, it's a little shovel. But to him, it was a normal size shovel. 
And then we go he to He used War it Games. to bury the Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> we, now we go on to War Games, which... I meant, like, bury them in their business. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't um, mean, I didn't mean to imply that Kevin Sullivan killed Chris Benoit, because so that's not true. We have the Dungeon of Doom versus the Hulkamaniacs in War Games. The Dungeon of Doom is... <laughs> Shark, Big boy, Zodiac, <laughs> Kamala, <laughs> and Meng. And you know what's funny about the the, the, the lead up to the show? They always show that picture of Meng with that big big head thing on. I don't know that, that I, Solomon. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I ever actually saw him in that. I don't understand why. But anyway. So that's your Dungeon of Doom team, and then... He looks like something from, like, the Lambert. <laughs> the Hulkamaniacs are Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and uh, Best Couple 1995, Sting and, and Lex Luger. The match, what I wrote down is, this match is not good, and it has a stupid finish. Um, the match in and of itself is... It's the second worst war games. The worst one being the one in '98 with the Warrior, where they had the, the three teams and all that garbage. But oh God, this one is definitely the most cartoony war games. There's no blood. Nothing good happens. There's no good spots. It's just a bunch of guys just beating each, like punching and kicking each other for 25 minutes. And then Hulk Hogan wins the match by submitting Zodiac, which is Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. With a camel clutch. And then Hulk Hogan gets five minutes with Kevin Sullivan because his team won the match, but they don't even go five minutes. The giant comes out and supposedly breaks Hulk Hogan's neck. (laughs) (laughs) And it is fucking terrible. Overall... Oh, go ahead. How many times does Kamala audibly orgasm? (laughs) (laughs) So... Out of five stars, this pay-per-view gets one star. Oh, wow. And that's because of the Pillman bad match. Not the Pillman bad match. The Pillman versus Johnny <laughs> B bad match. And the Harlem Heat versus the uh, Dick and Buck match. Fucking <laughs> Dick. I say, I say Dick and Buck because in his promo after the match, Tom or, uh, Tom Parker... Uh, Colonel Parker actually says, oh, "I'll tell you what, I'm gonna get, a, I'm gonna get Dick and Buck a rematch." <laughs> so he actually says that. So, anyways, it's the wrong way, <laughs> Buck and Dick. He'd be like it's Buck and Dick, man. <laughs> Buck and Dick. So there's that pay per view review, and we're gonna take a break. When we come back from our break, we will have Kyle's review of. WWF In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies from 1996. Good show. We will be right back after this with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. 
It is a pay-per-view edition of the show. We've talked about the opening act, Fall Brawl 95, our main event. Aaron has the main event spot this week with ECW Heat Wave 98. But Mr. Midcard, Mr. Kyle, mm-hmm. has some WWE 1996 for us. It is good friends, better enemies in your house. And how appropriate, because this is a fucking mid-card pay-per-view. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Aaron said it's good. It, it, for the most part, it's a decent pay-per-view. It's a There's good, one it's fucking a, glaring moment that we'll get to. It's a good wrestling show. That's what most of the inner houses were. They weren't made well, like... Well, there's one match on here the, when we get to it. <laughs> so, all right. So the free-for-all starts us off, and it's Mark Merrow versus the one two three kid Who's almost on, on his way out. The one two three mm. kid on, Almost on well, his way out of the company. What's fucked up about this? This is the last pay-per-view before... Uh, the curtain call happens, and Razor Ramon and Diesel are gone, mm-hmm. and they're over to WCW. Yeah, because these are this at this point they're already past that stupid crybaby match and all that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our first opening contest is Owen Hart and British Bulldog versus Ahmed Johnson and Jake Roberts. Ooh. Which it's actually a fun match. I'm sure. You're starting to get a little bit of the Owen Hart coming out from British Bulldog saying he's the leader and stuff. You're starting to see the beginning signs of that. Yeah, they are one of the greatest tag team acts of all time. Ahmed Ahmed Johnson, Jake Roberts, it's not very good. Well, you've got Jake Roberts probably at one of the worst points in his life and Ahmed Johnson who is a worst point of life. Well, isn't this the one where they do, like, the thing with, like, Jimmy Cornette and the snake and everything? Yeah, oh, yeah. At the beginning, yeah. You have (laughs) Jake comes out, and he has the snake, and they have uh, fucking Clarence Mason out there and Jim Cornette. The snake's not allowed, but Jake brings it out anyways. Yeah, it's like a cool little house show moment on a pay-per-view. It's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, they put fucking Cornette sells the shit out of the snake. Oh, he ain't selling (laughs) <laughs> well, I know he ain't selling, but he fucking, um, and then he, and it's weird because Jake Roberts walks to the back, takes the snake back. <laughs> okay. So, so he like walks out with the snake, they do their whole little thing and then <laughs> there goes Jake. He just walks to the back. Well, he, he, somebody told him his dealer was back there waiting for him. So, yeah. <sighs> you know, well, there's a Luna, so <laughs> Yeah, you know, and there's a big part of me that misses these in your house sets. It was kind of cool. Oh, and there's a part of there's a big part of me that misses pay per view sets. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest, the, the coolest attractions back in the day was waiting to see what the pay per view set looked like. And now the pay per view set looks like the Raw set and the SmackDown set. It's just the same goddamn thing every time, except WrestleMania, pretty much. Anyway, I'm with you. I miss I miss waiting to see what the uh, set was going to look like. It made it feel special. It made it feel, you know. I was like that Brett used the door. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody else used the door, but Brett always used the door. <laughs> Everybody else came through the garage. Yeah. 
Except Shawn Michaels, because he was Shawn Yeah, Michaels he came off the top of the garage. He came off the top of the garage. Well, so then we go to, which when I first saw this, I was like, okay, this could be kind of interesting. You didn't give us the finish. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and, and Davey, of course, go Sound over like Ahmed Vince and Jake Roberts. Is everything that's going to happen. What's the, finish? the finish? Bro, well, it doesn't matter. The from the show is this. Let's say, no, we need a finish. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> nobody, nobody gives a no, fuck. Nobody cares, bro. It's all props. Anyway. So, yeah. Owen and Davey win. They beat Ahmed Johnson and Jake Roberts. Because so. It's Ahmed Johnson and Jake Roberts. <laughs> so, at this point, you know, they're pretty much being jobbed out. And, like, Ahmed Johnson's just not good. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> He's just not good. And it's sad because, you know... And those promos. The fans love him. If you guys want to watch some funny stuff, um, you got to search for it. But there is... Um, remember the original Warzone, Warzone game for yeah. PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they would have the wrestlers cutting promos in, like, a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like an echo to it. And Ahmed Johnson is cutting his Ahmed Johnson, you can't understand a word he's saying promo. Yes. And it's even more horrible because of the echo. <laughs> so people have subtitled it. <laughs> and it's some of the funniest shit in the world. You I, gotta watch it. I assume they <laughs> subtitle it with their own words. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> you gotta watch it. But go ahead. All right, so next we have the Intercontinental Championship up for grabs. And it's Goldust, who's the champion, versus the Ultimate Warrior. Oh. And at first I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Mm. Now, Goldust is accompanied by Mantar, don't forget that. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, he comes out with fucking Bodyguard. He doesn't even have a fucking name. Mantar. <laughs> it, it is Mantar. But this is the only time he ever comes out with Goldust and Marlena. So, Jesus, Goldust comes out first and he has little his little chair, his director chair set up. Here comes the Ultimate Warrior. He basically runs Goldust out of the ring, grabs Marlena's cigar and starts smoking it, sitting in his chair. Now, I want to... I want to mention this because it is a funny moment in the show. And it's all Dustin Rhodes. And I know where you're going because this is when he puts on Dustin's wig. Yep. He puts, and Dustin Rhodes sells that shit fantastic. He's like, oh, no. (laughs) It's really funny. Like, you have to see it. To, to really appreciate it, but the way he reacts to Warrior putting on his wig is the best thing of the whole goddamn match. It is. The other funny thing is Goldust. Dustin Rhodes sit there, gets on the mic, tells everyone to shut up or I'm going to come out there and kiss each and every one of yes. you. Yes. And where is this pay-per-view? This is in... Let me look I'm pretty quick. sure. I'm pretty Omaha, sure, Nebraska. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere where people would react violently oh, God <laughs> to damn, a, man, a man telling them he was going to come out there and kiss everybody. They're in Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. 
Isn't that where all the corn's at? Or is that Iowa? Uh, Iowa's, uh... Yeah, no, well, Nebraska, too. Iowa and Nebraska, really. But, I mean, this say, fucking... This thing War- is... Warrior's hair at this time looked like corn husks. <laughs> well, this goddamn thing goes on forever. I also like the fact that... It would have been good name. That would have been a good name for uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. That would have been a good name for Goldust's uh, bodyguard, Corn Husky, <laughs> a little big. I thought you meant like that would have been a good name for my last pay per view. This goddamn thing's gone on forever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh, but yeah, this oh, this fucking thing goes on for fucking ever i mean it's it gets to the point where and you can hear vince mcmahon on the commentary laughing like oh look at warrior this is great but you know he's like god damn it get him out of the fucking ring no, well no, the whole vince, reason this happened is because gold dust was hurt vince probably loved it actually that's the whole reason it happened was because goldie was hurt yeah yeah they didn't want just to put the, the no belt on warrior but just seeing the fact that fucking warrior <laughs> smoking a cigar <laughs> Oh, it's just. It's also funny because if you watch like '96 when Warrior comes back, because he's not like you know the big head honcho, like big star in the locker room guy anymore. You can tell that there's like a lot of guys just on television that are just like, "Fuck this guy," you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're doing their job, but they're not doing their job. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's an ultimate warrior. he was probably the most unpopular guy in that locker room in 1996. I, I would just, I would just go out on a limb of saying that. <laughs> but I mean, the fans absolutely ate him up, and I think this is the last Warrior we'll ever see until he comes back. And uh, what was it, 20? 20... Yeah, because I think the next pay per view is the inter- No, the next pay per view is King of the Ring. He does that thing with Lawler. Okay, he does the thing. No, because the the next pay per view is uh, Beware a Dog. Okay, he's not on that pay per view. No, so, so he's then, in King of the Ring. Yeah, King of because the Ring we actually does... are setting that up tonight, where Shawn Michaels is a womanizer, and there's a yeah. mysterious woman. Yeah, Warrior had a match with Lawler at King of the Ring that wasn't good, and then and then he's supposed to be an international incident, and that's when he goes away, and Sid comes in to take his place. Because isn't that the the build up to him and? Jerry Lawler when he fucking has like the black face paint on and he wears the hat out. Yes, which Lawler says. Read read about that in Lawler's book. (laughs) He's like, they're like, he's like, he's like, I've never been Um, more angry in my career. (laughs) Like, hey, hey, this big jacked up, non-coherent psychopath. He didn't. He didn't show up. Oh well, let's call the. The big jacked up incoherent <laughs> psychopath that actually does show up. Except when he wants to play softball. Yeah. Really? At, least, at least at least he gives us his schedule first. <laughs> I bet Sid was like a high school kid at a retail store. Here's my softball schedule. Well, that's the thing though. These days. That's 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 where you can tell Vince McMahon was a better promoter than anybody that WCW ever had. Because at least Sid gave Vince his schedule. Like at WCW he just wouldn't show up at all. Like, eh, I'm not even gonna be there. I am Vince at least made him adhere to a schedule, even though it was a light schedule. <laughs> yeah. But anyway Warrior and Gold Dust. 
Yep. Uh, like I said, because Goldust is hurt, it's Mantar that takes most of the fucking... <laughs> the goddamn so, fucking... When you think about it and you put it in perspective, the Intercontinental Championship match at this pay-per-view is Ultimate Warrior versus Mantar. Basically, Which yeah. They should have just let it be Mantar. <laughs> How fun is that? Yeah. The inspiration for Ronda Rousey's makeup. Like, mm-hmm. Goldust could have been like, you know... Bantar, if you do this, my payment will be on milk. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm a man cow. <laughs> he also got work at one point as Hunter Hearst Helmsley's bodyguard too. Mantar. Yeah, and Mantar just he just put it out there, man. He's white, <laughs> white shoes. <laughs> What's next on this pay per view? Oh, so he wins by count out. Ultimate Warrior does. Yay. So then we have the Bonnie Donnas with Sonny versus the Godwins. And Godwins have Hillbilly Jim in their corner. Well, he's not Hillbilly Jim. He's whatever the fuck they were calling him. Uncle Festus or whatever the fuck it was. What are you talking about? Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) No, he was Hillbilly Jim. No, he was like Uncle Cletus no, no, or something no, like that. Was, no, that, that was, was Dirty White Boy. Yeah, that was Tony Anthony later in '97. They did. They did call Hillbilly Jim Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> oh, you sure it wasn't Uvatude Guerrera? No, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> they call him something different on this one. No, I swear to no, God. No, no, they don't. We're gonna have to. What we're gonna have to go to the fucking judges on this one. We'll come <laughs> back to that. And they did not. <laughs> these two, anyways, these two te- <laughs> these two teams always meshed well in the ring. They had pretty decent matches against each other. They did. It I mean, was fun got, because then you, you had got, Phineas. I mean, that you was got, you got three good workers and Dennis Knight, and I mean they all they all meshed pretty well. Well, but what was cool about Dennis Knight and Phineas Godwin was that, like, he's smitten with Sonny. So it's like that whole. Oh, yeah, they did. I'm not saying. No, they did it. When he was playing Phineas, they did a good job of of distracting from the fact that he was a shitty worker. Yeah, Dennis Dennis Knight wasn't the best worker in the world, but that dude was funny, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a good entertainer. He was he was definitely someone that they. They did a good job accentuating accentuating his positives and downplaying his negatives. They never put him in a gimmick where he needed to actually wrestle. But Henry Godwin was badass. I enjoyed the fact that it was like, because there's the point in the match where Sonny distracts Phineas and he costs the team the match and like Henry is like, you know, kind of looking at him like, yeah, you you're you're my stupid retarded younger brother, Brunkle cousin. Whatever. You, you still, you, I still love you, even though you want to put it in Sonny's butt. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know Skip and Zip are doing. The... What did you say, Aaron? I said because who hasn't? <laughs> well. Which usually somebody would say, because who want, who doesn't want to? But... Well, and what's funny about this entire thing is, like, tonight, it's the whole lead-up is that Shawn Michaels is a womanizer, and he breaks up marriages and relationships, and Shawn Michaels is like, I am not, but yet, the whole thing was sunny. Yeah. It's going on backstage, so it's kind of funny to me. You know what? 
the best line ever about Sonny is is from Sabu. Sabu, or it's, it's it's actually a story that Raven told in a shoot interview. But he's talking about how Sonny was promiscuous, you know, in the back. Right. And Raven's telling this story about how Chris was kind of none the wiser about it. And everybody kind of felt bad about it, but he, you know, they figured, you know, this dude needs to be smarter than this and fuck this bitch and whatever. But so anyway, everybody's, everybody's fucking Sonny. And Raven said that one time him and Sabu were talking about Sonny, and Raven says, have you ever been with Sonny? And Sabu looks at him and says, smell my mustache. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. So then we have Vader off against Razor Ramon. <coughs> Which is a weird match. Very weird match. Because they didn't build up to it or anything. It was just, it was going to be Razor's last pay-per-view. And, I mean, I guess the intention was just to take Razor and, uh, since he's on his way out, have him put over our new big heel. Which, it's, it's and a, you know what? Honestly, because they, they're playing up the fact that Yokozuna is coming back from his, I think it was ankle injury or something. Yeah. And they're playing up the fact that, like, oh, you're going to get to see Yokozuna's coming back. Right. And, which is fine and everything, but my problem is I always enjoyed Vader with the smaller guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and... I'm not a big fan of two giant, you know, huge beasts fighting each other. It just, it doesn't, like, this match is pretty good. Yeah, they... Well, you have two really good workers in there, and and it, it, it's it's especially a good match since it didn't have any build up. You know, they didn't really build up to it. The, on the Raws prior to the show, they didn't have Razor on the show. They just said, you know, coming up on the pay per view, Razor Ramon's going to face Vader. There was no feud. There was no angle. There was no nothing. Just this match is going to happen. Right. But yeah, so of course Vader wins over Razor. And you can tell Razor's ready to go. I mean, he has that fucking, and even Diesel too. Mm-hmm. Like you get, you get the feeling like time's up. Now, once I we mean, once we talk about the main event, I'll tell you where I disagree with that. I agree. Okay. I agree with you on Scott Hall, though. I agree with you. He's just, you know, he's just going out there having your basic match, just calling it in, ready to go home, ready, uh, ready to leave. The main event would have been different if Kevin Nash would have been in there with somebody else. You're right. You're right. And I was well, gonna, and I that, was going to mention that. Okay. Well, and that's the thing about uh, about the event because we'll, and we'll let's get to it right now. It's not so much Kevin Nash; it's more Shawn Michaels because you can tell he's just in a pissed off mood, and you're dealing with you're dealing with the, the, you're dealing with the late '90s Shawn Michaels. Exactly. You can tell. You know. From the minute uh, they have the first interview with him, you can just tell he's just not in a fucking good mood. He's all pissy because his best friends are leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, and his Soma showed up late. Well, yeah. But uh, it's it's a fun fun match. Um, 
really good as far as, you know, Nash and it's fucking Nash and, and Michaels. I yeah, mean, well, and that's it's the I, big man, little man. That, well, and that's what I was going to say. On this, and it, and that's like, my favorite Dr. Seuss book. Big man, little man? <laughs> big man, little man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about prison, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, um, the 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 thing about this match is, and this is the thing about, and like Aaron said, if he would have if he would have had his last match with somebody else, it would have been completely different. But the thing about There's Kevin Nash, match, little man, the, the the thing about Kevin Nash that doesn't get talked about a lot is, if Kevin Nash is in the ring with someone he wants to be in the ring with, i.e., Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels. Ray Mysterio, Bret. somebody he likes, somebody he respects, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Kevin Nash can have a really, really good match. And this match, I think, is a fantastic match. It is. But it, Kyle's reviewing the pay-per-view, so I'll shut up and let him <laughs> tell us about his opinions. <sighs> I don't think it's the best match between the two of them. No. Because, like I said, I think that you have the whole... WrestleMania 11 was their best match. Like I said, I don't know... Again, I don't know if it's it's Sean just, you know, checking out because... Or if he's pilled out or... Their match at WrestleMania 11 is really the only reason to watch WrestleMania 11. Oh, you mean mean that it's not fucking... uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam. You know what? I think it's Rowdy Rowdy Piper. What do you say? Ah, sounds like Pete fucking Rose. Um, but R- the R- Price, uh, I'm in the ring with Stu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Piper. Now, you know what, Kyle? It's funny. I know. I know we're getting off topic, but you said LT and Bam Bam. LT and Bam Bam for LT's only pro wrestling match is a good match. But it's not a match I care to watch a bunch of times, is what I'm saying. Like, they they did a fucking great job for it being LT's only wrestling match. You know? I mean, Bam Bam held his own, and and LT LT did a good job. But, yeah, I mean, Sean and and Diesel is the main reason to watch WrestleMania 11 if you're ever going to watch the show. But back to the show we're talking about... Right. You have the um, uh huh? You have the good leg spot there. Yeah, I was about to bring this up. I... Go ahead, Aaron. I like this match better than 11. Yeah. I just think I like this match better. I think I think Nash <clears throat> in the it, when you put those two in the ring, I think Nash plays the better heel between those two. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I, I I agree. I think Nash is a good heel, and that's the problem. This is the last time that you see Nash, in my opinion, as a legitimate heel. Because from then on, it's going to be, well, oh, it's Nash, the cool, cool then, heel, you well, know. And then you have Shawn Michaels, who's the to what Aaron was saying about Nash being the heel, Shawn Michaels is the second best babyface salesman ever. You oh, know? God, yeah. He can... 
I mean, as far as selling goes, he's the second best babyface seller ever. I mean, Ricky Morton's the only one that was ever a better babyface salesperson than Shawn Michaels. <clears throat> but anyway. But you have Mad Dog with Shawn in the crowd, and they kind of cut to him earlier in the night. They're like, oh, look, it's Bad Dog. And, of course, they don't bring up any, you know, the, the tragic accident that made him lost his leg or anything. Because that comes into the you know, the end. Diesel's all, Diesel's all pissed, and he fucking grabs fucking Mad Dog with Sean, throws him over the railing, and pulls off his fucking leg. Out comes the <laughs> fake leg. And poor Mad Dog with Sean just laying there. With... With one full, with one full pant leg and one empty pant leg, <laughs> just lay there. It's so fucking ridiculous. Oh god, it's so funny. Just lay there. These guys are beating the shit out of each other with the, <laughs> the fucking fake leg. <laughs> and I think it has. Oh. A, I think it has a diabetic hose on it, even which is even funnier. the hell is that? Oh my god. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. That's funny. <laughs> At first I was like, what the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, Footloose, that's great. <laughs> Because the man doesn't have his leg. Yeah, and Kevin Nash cut him foot loose. This match is rated R. <laughs> oh. <sighs> he didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Sid Vicious was like, hop along, crybaby. <laughs> All right, anyway, sorry. <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, the main thing that you're getting out of this is it's more about, to me, in, in all honesty, it's about building up to Sean and, and Davey. Well, yeah, because the other guy's leaving, so... <laughs> right, no I'm, no, I'm not saying that's to me why it just, it feels like, and maybe it's hindsight, looking back on it, maybe if watching it at the time, it would have been different, but... For me, like I said, it, it just felt like, okay, we got to get through this because next is, you know, Sean versus Davey and Nash is leaving. Maybe that's why it feels weird to me. Living living through it because I watched that pay-per-view. I think I think it might have been one of the pay-per-views that our, our mom let us watch at home. I didn't have to go to my friend's house to watch. Didn't we watch that one at home, Aaron? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, when you started making money. Well, that and, uh, like, usually once or twice a year, our mom would be like, all right, you can get your stupid wrestling pay-per-view. Other than that, we watched it on, we had a UHF TV that we could unscramble the pay-per-view and watch it, like, in a scrambled kind of version. But anyway, that's a whole other show, a whole other time for a whole other show. But I remember watching this one on pay-per-view, and it, when you watched it at the time, living through it, like, this was during the WCW-WWE war, and again, wrestling fans that are listening now that didn't live through it, this was a weird, cool fucking time to live through in re- as a wrestling fan. Yeah, honestly, none of us knew that sh- that Kevin Nash was leaving. No, you didn't have the fucking... I mean... Like, Nash still stuck around until WrestleMania. 
right? Well, this is after WrestleMania. WrestleMania, sorry, after yeah. This is, but you his, know what I mean. Like yeah, none of us knew his, he was this out. Is a, yeah, this is his last show, and and at this time, this is '96. I didn't even have the internet yet, so there's no newsletter to you. And we're getting one pay per view a year, so you know, sure as shit, we ain't getting fucking <laughs> every week. The Observer showing up. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was. Uh, it was definitely interesting, and then you know it was you're... a better time too. It was so nice not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. This is true. This is true. And you know you got you know you look at it now. You look back on it now. At, at the time, I didn't notice that Shawn Michaels was using his finger and making the WCW logo with his finger, right, like like and doing then, the Hogan pose. Yeah, and, all and, that the, and, the, and then saying, "I'll give you a big boy to play with." He says <laughs> that too. Um, I thought he was just talking to Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle out of five stars what does good friends better enemies get you know what I'm going to give it a four I would agree it's a fun second string pay-per-view it's definitely one that you know you can go back and rewatch. yeah like I said it's it's a fun little wrestling show Maybe, maybe it's the fact that it's it's only like fucking an hour and a half. See, right. Kyle, um, you weren't like a huge, huge wrestling fan at this point, were you? Uh, not super huge. No, I mean I was watching I, it occasionally. I, I think, like honestly, and I'm not joking or whatever, but I don't think when you went in before we started talking about it that you were going to go with a four, were you? Uh, yeah. No, oh, okay. Like well, I said. it sounded out at first like it was like you, you dreaded you, you dreaded going into it, sitting through it, and watching it. Well, it, there the was... The card you just read me is amazing. Well, like I said, the gold dust fucking Ultimate that Warrior match was kind of like, what the fuck am I watching here? It's not really a match, though. No, I, and I understand that, but like I said, it's... That's campy wrestling at its best. It's campy wrestling, but it, my problem would be, if I paid money to see Ultimate Warrior versus Goldust, or, you know, and then I got fucking Ultimate Warrior smoking a cigar... It's still better than anything the Ultimate Warrior would have done wrestling-wise. No, and I understand that, but it's still, it's like... Because Jim Helwig was a piece of shit in the ring. Well, Jim Hellwig was a piece of shit out of the ring too, but and, that, and that's fine. But like I said, it's you know, it's like, hey, I want I want a, a pop, I want Coke, and someone gives me Diet Coke. It's like, no, no, wait a minute, like that's this not might, this might that might be my third favorite Ultimate Warrior match. <laughs> this is a match with Gold Dust from Good Friends, Better Enemies. I don't know. To me, it was just I was watching it like the fuck. Is going on. Oh no! Yeah, it's my second, third favorite gold de- or uh, Ultimate Warrior match. And don't get me wrong, like, his, his match with, with the Macho Man Randy Savage, and then his uh, his cage match with Rick Rude, and then this one. I like what about his him match and Hogan? Hogan. What about it? I like his match with Hogan. That's a spectacle. That's much on the line. That's much on the the same level as um, Andre and Hogan. 
It's a spectacle. You know what I love about that match? What I love about that match is that match between Hogan and Warrior makes Hulk Hogan be the wrestler in the match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like Hulk, Hogan, it's, it's, Hulk Hogan gets to show his chops in that match. That's why I like that match. I'm not saying it's not a bad match. I'm not saying it's a bad match. You know, but I just think that, that I don't think anybody got anything more out of Warrior than um, Savage and Rude. Probably not. You're probably right. As far as, yeah, you're right. As part of a as a wrestling match, yeah, it was rude and and savage. But then again, okay, so let's and I I know Nate or Aaron, you're next or whatever. But this brings up the question, you know, because people will ask, you know, what was a better match, Andre and Hogan or uh, Savage and Steamboat? Savage and Steamboat was a better match. Hogan but see, and Andre was a spec was a spectacle. But see, that's the thing, though. What sold the pay-per-view? What Hogan and Andre sold the pay-per-view because that's the spectacle. But Savage but see, and Steamboat is what keeps him in the seat. Be- wrestling, wrestling back then wasn't... Is, wasn't... <sighs> now the match has to be a spectacle. Does that make sense? Well, it, but it, I think it's different. Pushed. It's different now. Wrestling fans are different now. Like in 1987, Hogan and Andre sold the show because that was the spectacle, and Savage and Steamboat gave everybody a match to lose their breath during. Now, everybody goes, "Oh, this show has AJ and Nakamura, and I want to watch them wrestle each other. I don't want to watch a spectacle. I want to watch a match." Um, but I and, still think and, that they and, do want to watch a spectacle because you know you think about it. The other thing is the other thing is like WrestleMania three. You can put it as this, like okay, and then WrestleMania one's the same way. Because I don't want to talk about WrestleMania two because it's fucking horrible. But like WrestleMania one, okay, Hogan and. Um, uh, Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. It's not a bad match, but it's not very good. You know what I mean? It's a spectacle. Right. That's what got people into the building because Vince McMahon knew I get these people into the building. Now they're going to see the junkyard dog. Well, yeah, the WrestleMania one was like, a se- like, WrestleMania WrestleMania one was essentially an MSG house show with Mr. T. But, but let me Walker. let me get what I'm saying. Like he's getting people that maybe don't necessarily always watch wrestling, and now they're gonna see Junkyard Dog, and they're gonna be like, "Ooh, I like that." Now they're gonna see, you know, the Bulldogs. Ooh, I like that. WrestleMania three is the same way. Yeah, you can't tell me every single person in that building was actually a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There were people that went there because all they saw. Or big billboards and this, that, and the other thing. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I'm going to go see that. Right. And they go and watch it, and then they end up seeing the Macho Man. You know? Mm-hmm. They see this. They see that. that the, the WrestleMania 3 match between Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ricky Steamboat is why Randy Savage ended up getting turned face because people got into him. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. But see, here's the problem. So, and this so in a lot thing. of ways, the spectacle is more important than a match. 
and that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that it's not so much about yeah Ultimate Warrior was a horrible wrestler as far as in ring technician, but I think he was a great wrestler as far as being able to sell tickets and getting the crowd behind him. Well, and that's the I, that's I, the that's not... the that's the age old question. You know, people always say, "Who's the greatest of all time, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair?" Well, then you know your 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 dollars of donuts is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. What makes you the best wrestler? Is it the money you made, or is it the matches you had? Exactly, and that's the. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make with this is that you know Savage versus Steamboat's great, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching it. It's a great fucking match. But it's not going to sell out a WrestleMania. Okay, well, I didn't say that. No, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that for, for so much that people are, you know, they look I, at look at like All In. I don't want to talk about All In anymore. It's over. No, I, I know. That's the point I'm trying to make is that they had one show that was decent. that sold out. The fuck are they now? What are they doing now? Nothing. You know... Pro wrestling isn't just in-ring technician. It's it's everything else. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but the fact is that, you know, just because Warrior was shit in the ring doesn't mean that he wasn't a good wrestler. Because what is pro wrestling? I'm just, I, I don't know what fired you up so much, but I was just no. saying that... <laughs> I thought Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior was a spectacle. It was really good as a spectacle, but his three best matches. But I guess that's my point, is that his three best matches, by what standards? By in-ring by work? or Wrestling standards. Yeah. But again, that's the thing, though. Wrestling standards. What is the wrestling standard? And I'm not fired up about it. I mean, I, I'm just asking like what is to you guys what is the wrestling standard for me it's two things because i look at i look at it from both perspectives um i look at i look at um is someone i i have i have two when i look at it i look at it in two different ways because i always have two different kinds of people on my on my radar i like people that entertain me i.e the rock the Rock wasn't a good wrestler, but he entertained me. Um, but then, <laughs> but then you have a good wrestler. It's pretty good, Mike, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I like about wrestling. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> we gotta take a break. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying, just real quick before we go to break, we, all I'm saying we is should, that we should make this one of the topics we talk about next week on the free We should, but this is just real quick. When you have a guy <laughs> like the Undertaker, quick. when you have a guy like the Undertaker who's fucking calling down lightning, you kind of throw the fucking in-ring performance out the goddamn window. Be like Vampiro. Well, fuck Vampiro. Fuck Vampiro. And his son Baron Corbin. Fuck him. No, both. you guys don't get what I just said. I said I feel like Vampiro. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. 
And uh, speaking of shitting on yourself, EC... I didn't shit on myself. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> ECW Heatwave. You know, you know what, Aaron? What? You missed it, didn't you? You missed it last week. You missed being on the podcast, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. We miss you, too. <laughs> I, well, when you were like, you missed it last week, I was like, oh, my goodness, somebody shit on themselves. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, we had Jake Roberts last week. Anyway, we're gonna buy take... some depends, which I never understood why people buy those. It depends. Yeah, like I'll buy, I'll buy for sure gonna work. <laughs> like, is this gonna protect me from the poop? It's gonna blow out my ass uncontrollably. Listen, I can't have depends. any absorbency issues here. Oh. I need to know it's going to fucking do the job. Oh, like, I, it depends. I know I'm trying to shoot to break here, but you said that depends joke, and it reminded me somebody, a friend of mine sent me, she sent me a uh, link to a like a mock medicine commercial the other day. And um, it was talking about being a parent and how you, you know, being a parent's hard and the kids constantly up your ass and all this stuff. It, it looked like a legit medicine commercial like a like a drug commercial and then it was like if you if you find yourself overwhelmed by raising your children take and then the drug was called a fucking break it's like so take a fucking break (laughs) anyway all right we're gonna take a fucking break Alright, when we come back, Aaron has our main event with his ECW Heatwave 1998. Should be fun. And we'll be right back after this. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All 497 of you. We have almost reached 500 listeners, gentlemen. Wow. On, on average, those 500... Put that in your butt and shit it. <laughs> on average, those 500 <laughs> listeners have listened to at least 10 episodes. The number one episode right now, uh, well, it only gives me the past of the top 10 of the past 30 days... The number one episode the past 30 days was the Top 90s Gimmicks, which was episode 49. Last week's episode number 50 is number two in the past 30 days. And for the record, I think based on the title, number five in the past 30 days still. We're going all the way back to episode 31, number five, Taka Motherfucker. Yeah. Still in there. Still in that. (laughs) Still still in the top five. Taka Motherfucker. All right. Taka Motherfucker. (laughs) This should entitle Taka Motherfucker (laughs) 2.0. Yeah, and get some high downloads on that shit. Yeah. Motherfucker. (laughs) 
I'm an idea man, bitch. <laughs> I might not contribute every week, but well, I got ideas. Or we'll name this one Taco, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to pass on tacos? All right, so we've that done... was what uh <laughs> when Paul Jones and Rick Rude. <laughs> And Manny Fernandez were rolling down the freeway, and Paul Jones was like, taco. what do you guys want to get? And Manny Fernandez was in the band. He's like, taco, taco motherfucker. It's <laughs> 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 me and Boogie Woogie Man were in Nam. <laughs> and I want a Nom, 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 Nom on a taco. <laughs> Oh, did you see where I... That is the dumbest joke I've ever said in my life. Did you see where I said they were the original Mustache Mountain? Yeah. Those three? Yeah. (laughs) It was the original Mustache Mountain. But I was drunk on the couch, and I saw them, like, creep in together. And, like, it was, like, perfectly, perfectly (laughs) cropped in the TV. I'm like, oh, the MW world. (laughs) The Mustache World Order. And you know what? Honestly, uh, before I get into my pay-per-view, they were actually a really good tag team. Yeah, they Manny were. Fernandez and Rick Rude. They were. They were kind of a an odd team to put together, but when they were they put worked. together, they, they did good. Yeah, you're right. They, they worked. worked. They played well off of each other, and it's the only time I was really actually, like, entertained and not in a ridiculous way by Paul Jones. <laughs> True. Very true. The MWO was over with me. <laughs> m- 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 mustache World Order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Aaron's pay per view that he was that was selected for him to review this week is ECW Heat Wave 1998. <laughs> This is the theme of the pay-per-view. We're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. The t- <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and as that song was playing, it was like, the the red letters are coming out. It's like, we're going to fuck some shit up <laughs> Welcome to ECW. Temperatures rising. This isn't WWF. This isn't WCW. It's like, what the fuck is happening? ECW is happening. I'm getting mixed signals here. Okay, guys. I'm going to say this. Other than um, the ring announcers, Mm -hmm. and we're going to play a little game. Okay. Other than the ring announcers and the commentators and the referees, we're just going to go with the wrestling or, you know, the performers, what they would consider the performers, Mm -hmm. you know, like the managers, the wrestlers, the valets, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. It's a fun little game we're going to play. There's 33 of them. All right. Uh huh. We're gonna play the little fun game. Guess how many of them are dead? 
I knew that's what you were going to say. Out of 33 on this pay-per-view of the... You, can, you guys can tell me the tally after we're done. Of the in-ring sports entertainers, we're going to determine how many are dead. Are dead. Oh, God. Just a fun little game. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So much fun. <laughs> so, all right. The Ella Fitzgerald ending or opening plays and... We're welcome to the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio. And Joey Styles acts like he's impressed by the crowd, which he shouldn't be acting because I don't know if you guys have you guys seen this show? A long time ago. So no, not recently. Not enough where I remember, probably. They put a lot of mo- for ECW. They put a lot of motherfuckers in this building. Because to be like, on- this looks like this looks like a, a um like a raw. To be perfectly yeah. honest, just I'm not trying to cut you off, but as far as memory goes, um, and you guys both know, I'm sure the listeners know too from catching on from the the shows, I'm kind of a WWE historian as far as remembering things, but when it comes to ECW and WCW, I leave that to other people. But anyway. They they put a lot of motherfuckers in this building. All right. See, I'm not a huge ECW fan hardcore tv fan you know mm-hmm. but ecw put on some some kick-ass pay-per-views like just themselves as a wrestling show it's good shit but anyway joey opens the show acts like he's impressed by the crowd introduces his uh announced partner for the day which is the injured shane douglas He's the ECW champion. He's been doing commentary for the last month because he's hurt, but they want to keep him on TV. And he has Francine with him, and she is wearing less fabric than it would take to cover a hacky sack. <laughs> um, actually, we have our first uh, death in this. Be Joey Styles' career. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. And I put on here that if you would have taken the 1998 Shane Douglas personality and put it in the 1993 Shane Douglas talent, that guy could have been huge, in my opinion. Because like when Shane was like working with Ricky Steamboat and everything, that dude was really good in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And as a promo in ECW. I think his biggest I think his biggest issue as an in ring performer was the weight that he put on. That's what I'm saying. Like if you would have taken the the charisma and the ability to work a crowd like he developed when he was in ECW and put it in that nineteen ninety three wrestling ability, he would have been a bigger star, I think. And then um, Shane, this is actually kind of a funny joke. Um, Shane Douglas goes, hey, Joey, that's a pretty nice suit. And he goes, yeah, it's just like Francine, double-breasted. <laughs> and then Francine's like, yeah, Joey, but that suit didn't cost you $6,000. <laughs> it's a good fucking joke. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Like, like that shit was fun. I thought. 
And then um, the opening match is between two guys, and obviously, and it's just incredible, which I always thought was one of the stupidest names ever. It was a dumb. But he's name. just incredible. It's a dumb name. <laughs> Stupid. And he is taking on Jerry Lynn, who all the time in ECW, they were like, Jerry Lynn's the most underrated wrestler in the world. Like, ability-wise, yes, but Jerry Lynn had, like, the personality of a rice patty. (laughs) Am I wrong? No. It's funny, because I was watching, uh, you brought up Jerry Lynn, I was watching some WWF from 89 the other day and Jerry Lynn's in a jobber match. He's one of the jobbers. And, uh, his part, I don't know who his partner was. It was like that. I don't know. It might've been that Israel Mata guy or somebody like that. Anyway, Vince McMahon goes, Oh, there we have Jerry Lynn and, or we have Israel Mata and Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn, quite a small fellow. So anyway, I just yeah, just a little. Yeah, Jerry Lynn has no personality. <laughs> yeah, Every right. promo was like he's wearing his glasses and he's talking like this, like "Hey there, I'm <laughs> gonna win the match." Don't know why it. I didn't make it in the WWE. Maybe it's because you have no personality. <laughs> but anyway, Just Incredible is a cr- accompanied. By um, the sexiest man alive, Jason Chastity and Nicole Bass. That was one thing. Other that uh, also the ECW did well was Paul Heyman would just throw a bunch of fucking miscreants together and yeah. <laughs> like these two, these these four just showed up in a van <laughs> together. <laughs> and then Nicole Bass um, on my notes said. She should have never been in a building with a ring, let alone inside one. <laughs> and um, mind you guys, this is the opening match, okay? Mm-hmm. These guys wrestle for about three to four minutes. Just Incredible winds up onto the top rope. Jerry Lynn kicks him, then climbs to the top rope as well. Four minutes into this, four minutes into the show. And Jerry Lynn hits a Frankensteiner off the top rope to the outside through a table. <laughs> Unjust incredible. It was awesome. It should have been the opening match. 90s wrestling, folks. Yeah. And then Jim Malino, he's all surprised and he's happy. And like, oh my God, I can't believe what happened. And he looks like he belongs in the PBA. Isn't like he, he shouldn't be a referee. Looks he, like a pro bowler. Is Jim Malino dead? No. no. I'd have figured he'd have died from a heart attack a long time ago. Oh, no, he's still alive. They just said he was refereeing at an indie show. I, I looked this stuff up before I made my tally. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> and he was one of them. And then these guys go into a sequence for a bunch of... Obviously, you know, if you have Jason, Chastity, and Nicole Bass at yeah. ringside, all of them are going to get involved in an ECW match, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Nicole Bass gets in the ring, and she's doing some stuff with Jerry Lynn. She's wearing shorty shorts, and all I'm thinking is, oh my god, don't let her balls pop out. (laughs) I don't want to see that. (laughs) And her balls do not pop out. Jerry Lynn kicks her in the face, and then he tombstones Chastity, 
and winds up on the top rope because he super kicks Justin Credible and he's going to jump off on him. And then Justin Credible hops up on the top rope and hits a um, That's Incredible from the top rope, which is basically a tombstone pile driver and gets to pinfall. And it is a solid match, and I gave it two out of five burritos. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I'm rating every match on a five burrito <laughs> rating system. Five layer burrito system? No, just five burritos. Mm. Every time we do these pay-per-views, I'm going to rate them after the last thing I ate. <laughs> so the next match is Lance Storm versus Chris Candido. And Chris Candido is accompanied by Tammy Cinch. Is this a coming off of their tag team run or before their tag team title run? Coming off of it. Okay. Because I was going to say, that's actually, to be perfectly honest... These guys have, have my second favorite anything in ECW. Yeah, I was about to say, other than Dreamer and Raven, Lance Storm and Chris Candido's angle where they had held the tag titles together but hated each other is my second favorite ECW angle. Yeah, these guys, and they never have a, and I have it written on here, they never had a bad match, no. ever. <clears throat> um, Candido is wearing a Scott Steiner-esque headgear because Sabu had fucked up his ear earlier, like he bit it or whatever. I can't remember the exact thing, but his ear got fucked up. And um, so he's wearing that, and he comes out. And he starts like just randomly doing the the Rick Steiner bark, 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 like barking thing, <laughs> and like running around the ring, and then he gets down on all fours, and then Sonny does like Scott Steiner and like straddles him, uh-huh. and that was kind of fun. Um, and then in what would probably have gotten a bigger reaction, Chris Candido knocks, um. Landstorm out of the ring and then goes to the top rope and jumps off with a perfectly executed cross body block from the top rope to the arena floor that has no mats on it. Ah. And um, it gets a decent pop. But does anybody know why it only got a decent pop? It's because Jerry Lynn was Frankensteining a motherfucker <laughs> through a table in the opening match. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it's like that uh story in Foley's book that he tells where he's in like the seventh match in this card or whatever when he went to the or was it Jericho? Was it Jericho no, or Foley? It was mankind. Yeah. It was because said, he they, says the they first said that the there first, was the first, uh, they had a, a last man standing first blood battle royal. Yeah, it was the first match. Twenty men First blood, last man standing battle royal. It's like, how the fuck do you top that? Yeah. So Candido threw his body off of the top rope to a concrete floor, and he got a decent reaction. But anyway, (laughs) and now Tammy hands Chris Candido powder, which I'm assuming it's ECW, so it's cocaine. (laughs) And he goes to throw the cocaine in... um, 
Lance Storm's face, but Candido super kicks the cocaine into Candido's face, and he thought it would have pop pied him, but it didn't. <laughs> it knocked him down. <laughs> so Lance Storm hops up, and he's going to do a moonsault, but Tammy gets in the ring, and as, as Candido's got his back, or as Storm has his back to Candido, Tammy gets in the ring and grabs his ass, and he likes it. Like he's like, sweet, this is good. And then she pushes him, and he crotches himself, and then Candido hops up. Like he's like, like it's finally kicked in, you know? That was Popeye. And he gets up on the top rope and he hits the blonde bombshell and pins Chris Can or pins Lance Storm one, two, three, and it's over. And it was fucking awesome. <laughs> and I gave that match three and a half out of five burritos. That match was fucking amazing. It hit every point that it needed to hit. I'm just sad for that one half of the burrito that it isn't going to get eaten. I gave it to the dog. <laughs> well, well, you know they need. And Fair I need enough. to take a. I need to take like a thirty-second break. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. All right. After Chris Candido has beaten Lance Storm, we go up to Shane Douglas and Joey Styles. And Joey Styles says he did not know we were going to be showing this footage, but it is footage of New Jack in the parking lot. So they go to New Jack in the parking lot from earlier today, and he is hanging out with the people of Dayton, so you know what that looks like. Did he stab somebody? Huh? Has he stabbed somebody? In the video? Yeah. No. No, He has stabbed somebody. Gypsy Joe. I was just saying. (laughs) Gypsy Joe wasn't there. <laughs> so New Jack's in the parking lot with the people of Dayton cutting a promo on Jack Victory and then all of a sudden Jack Victory shows up and they start yelling at each other and um, as they're yelling at each other the Dudley boys they roll up in like a Bonneville and get out and attack New Jack and they're beating him up and then all of a sudden Balls Mahoney Axel Rotten and John Cronus show up to help, and now New Jack is laid out bloody, and apparently we come back, and Joey Styles tells the audience, um, we apologize for the graphic nature of what you just saw. It was not supposed to happen, but we felt we had to show you this, because we need to explain why tonight's weapons match between Jack Victory and... New Jack has been canceled. And why is that segment the most ECW thing I've ever heard in my life? (laughs) And the other question I have is this. Why the fuck is New Jack facing Jack Victory in a weapons match? (laughs) No, I I know why that's happening. But why the fuck is there a, a, a match titled a weapons match on ECW when every match in ECW is a fucking weapons match. <laughs> oh, faux show. Because it's ECW and they're extreme, <laughs> goddammit. 
And now we get an RV. And, and by the way, Nate, that was a very ECW segment. It was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and when I say crazy, I mean crazy fucking awesome. Like New Jack's out there, and he's like, "We're gonna whoop some ass tonight. We're gonna whoop some ass tonight." And then when New when 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 uh, Jack Victory shows up, he goes. Shit's on Jack Victory, and when he's saying the shit's on Jack Victory, they're censoring the word shit. And then the Dudleys show up and start beating him up, and then they're like, get up, motherfucker, and they don't censor motherfucker. It's like, what is going on? But anyway, um, R- RVD and Sabu were up next with Fonzie cutting a promo, mm-hmm. and they're, hi- they're fighting Hayabusa and Hakushi later. I'm not even going to try to say Hakushi's name because I've never been able to say that guy's real name. But Rob Van Dam cracked Jinzei me up. Jinzei Shinzaki? Huh? Jinzei Shinzaki. Sure. <laughs> RVD cracks me up in this promo because he's like, we're getting ready to fight Hayabusa and... <laughs> Jinzei and like Shinzaki. starts sneezing like he's Hakushi. Hakushi. And cracked me up. <laughs> and up next, after that promo is um, Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. And I could watch these guys fight each other all the time. Yes, like Mike Awesome, uh, just not to cut you off, but just so everybody listening knows, Aaron already knows, I don't know if Kyle does or not. Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka wrestling each other, in my personal opinion are the best, like, I guess you say potato matches? I don't know what you call them. But just two guys beating the fuck out of each other. They're they're my two favorite guys to watch, like, just work a style where they just beat the fuck out of each other. And I agree. Why do they? I also put in my notes that um, Masato Tanaka... I don't understand why he thought he always just needed to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Masato Tanaka is actually, I mean, probably one of my 50 favorite wrestlers ever, to be honest. But I, I think also, like, if you would have taken that, and if you would have just taken him, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory term because this is what they called it in Japan, but if you would have taken him out of that garbage element mm-hmm. and, like, put him in New Japan and he's not throwing himself into exploding barbed wire or thumbtacks or whatever. The dude was a hell of a fucking wrestler, I thought. Yeah, oh no, he was fantastic. I liked Tanaka. I just think the guy could have had a better career if he wouldn't have just focused on doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But as this match is going on, um, big-ass Mike Awesome crazy motherfucker he hits like a suicide dive which is insane and then he just like throws tanaka out of the ring and and throws him into like the third row and then this big motherfucking mike awesome runs jumps on the top rope and then springboards himself off of the turnbuckle into like the third row which is a a cross body splash it's just amazing that there's absolutely no reason that this person should be able to do this <laughs> like, like why how, like how is that happening 
It's just insane. What did JBL call him? A human sofa or something? No, he said he had the flight path of a couch. (laughs) (laughs) And then, even though it still entertains me, I'm not saying it doesn't, but they hit each other a couple times with a chair, and you watch it now, Mm -hmm. and... It's uncomfortable. Yeah, watching a guy just get creamed in the head with a chair doesn't hold up anymore. I just, just you, you saying that, like I just watched, um, it was it was Clash of the Champions 10 with, uh, it's the one, the Texas shootout Clash of the Champions. Yeah. And the skyscrapers, it's uh, Undertaker and Sid Vicious against Road Warriors, and they do. Dan Spivey has none of that. And that man, well, he's like done in that it, match. Yeah, well, he was injured or whatever, but they they do like a wear out job on. Um, yeah, I met Spivey. I'm sorry, I met Sid was injured. It was Spivey and, and Undertaker. But anyway, so I'm Spivey beats the fuck out of the road. Yeah, that the, uh, the it, only time it ever happened. You mentioned well, you mentioned the chair shot thing, and it made me think about it. Like I was watching Spivey and and Mean Mark beat up the LOD with the chairs. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. It's just, it, it, you, you come to 20, 30 years later and it's just so uncomfortable to watch it. Well, well, from what I understand in that match mm-hmm. was that, um, from what I understand, Sid or whatever was hurt by the road warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and Spivey was like, you know, we're not gonna. I'm. You guys aren't gonna pull that shit with me. And then they were trying to pull that shit with him. And that's when he was like, "Fuck that," <laughs> and and really kind of waylaid into the Road Warriors. Yeah, he beats and, the fuck out of Hawk with a yeah, chair. Like, like, like he had a like that. That's why I was saying that Spivey like had enough of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, might be the only time that that a guy was like, "Fuck you, the Road Warriors," <laughs> but. They, um, Mike Austin sets up the table, and I don't know if you guys know the spot I'm talking about, but a couple weeks before this on a, on ECW television, um, Mike Awesome, Awesome Bombed Masato Tanaka out of the ring and through the table on the floor. It was fucking insane. <laughs> well, He's teasing that he's going to do this again, but Masato Tanaka blocks it twice. One time, two times, Tanaka blocks it. Mm-hmm. And he hits him, and then Masato Tanaka picks up Mike Awesome, and he awesome bombs Mike Awesome over the top rope and through the table. And if it would have been like five or six inches, Mike Awesome would have went... Um, Back of the neck and shoulders, straight onto concrete, and been dead. And been, huh? And been dead. Yes. But luckily, he hits the table <laughs> with the back of his head. Only, in, <laughs> only in nineties professional wrestling. So <laughs> that breaks his fall a little. So bit. luckily, I hit the table. <laughs> yeah. So that breaks his fall a little bit. And then he brings him in the ring, and he pins him one, two, three. Nope. 
Mike Awesome kicks out. <laughs> and and this, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the reasons why Mike Awesome is on the dead list that I'm making. That's right now. what I put. I put <laughs> six inches, um, shoulder neck concrete, parentheses, concussion suicide. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Spoiler alert, Mike Awesome's one of the infamous nine. <laughs> But anyway, it goes on a couple more minutes, and then Masato Tanaka hits a um, tornado DDT onto a chair, and then pins him one, two, three, and I gave this fucker four out of five burritos. It was amazing. (laughs) All right, next on my list, somebody else just fart. I thought I heard a fart. Is a Taz promo, and it's pretty lame. He's fighting Bam Bam Big a little later, by the way. Then we get a Dudley Boys promo. Later on, they're fighting uh, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and Spike Dudley. And up next, it's Hayabusa and Hakushi versus RVD and Sabu for the tag team titles. And this is like, as far as I know, Hayabusa's like, you know, big American debut, the great. The great Hayabusa is showing up, and he goes to hit his big first big move. Off, it's like a springboard off the second rope under RVD, and guess what? He fucks it up. <laughs> Good figure. Yeah, and fucking Fonzie's out there with his annoying ass whistle. For you, uh, I fucking hate that goddamn whistle. For you, yeah. for you fans that are not um, fans of '90s Japanese wrestling or '90s ECW, I just want to. Just fill you in. Essentially, Hayabusa, who is no longer with us, was he was essentially Sabu with a mask. I mean, to be honest, that was if you want to describe his style, it was like watching Sabu with a mask on. Yeah. So. So, um,. This match, you think, would be great. Okay? Because nobody in the match sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's not that good. They kind of... Is it it because they try too many high spots? Like, if that's my one big criticism of both Sabu and Rob Van Dam, I think one of the things that takes away from their Actually, Sabu's not doing that in this match. Really? Yeah, yeah like, it, I'm, I'm going to put that in. Uh, for, that was coming up. Like, Sabu, like, there's a mat, There's a point in the match where, like, Sabu takes Hayabusa down, and he's got him, like, a, he's got him, like, in an arm bar for... It's not like, you know, like a, a fucking Dory Funk arm bar or right. whatever. But Sabu's trying to slow some shit down a little bit at the beginning of the match. Yeah, well... I think this match suffered because, honestly, I think... Hayabusa at some at at different points in the match watching it I think he was I think he was trying to I don't want to say go into business for himself you know but I think he was trying to be the to make the match about him yeah yeah and and Rob Van Dam and Sabu weren't fucking having it <laughs> Because every time Sabu's in the ring, man, this Dayton crowd was a bow about fucking Sabu. Like, 
the like every time they tagged in Sabu, they like popped. Like he put like an arm bar on fucking Hayabusa, and they popped. Fucking Sabu was over as ro like like over like rover <laughs> on this fucking night. <laughs> it just loved everything he did. Um, ha- Hakushi does what I think is probably the most impressive thing in the entire match. He grabs Rob Van Dam and he walks up the turnbuckle and then I swear to God he walks all the way across one rope spins his feet on the turnbuckle mm-hmm. and then walks halfway down the other rope Oh man, and then, with an elbow. That dude does not de- Shinzaki does not get credit for how good he is. I know. That dude was he fantastic. Walked... He was like Japan's Undertaker. <laughs> like, was he like, was this... so yeah, good. Yeah, but Undertaker just walks like, you know, a couple steps from the corner. This guy walked over two-thirds of the ring or whatever <laughs> on the fucking top rope, and it's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> they never let him do that in the WWE. <laughs> like, I've seen this match 150 times, and it still blows my fucking mind when he does that. Um... Oh. And then the I put on... to do that would be Shamik Man. What? I said the only person they'd let do that would be Shamik Man. Because he's fucking a gifted athlete. Yeah. No. You, know, you, you sense the condescending tone of my voice. <laughs> and and, and my, my, my last note before I go into the finish on this is. Um, not sure if I just remember thinking he was good and realizing as I've gotten older that he was not that good or if Hayabusa was having a bad night tonight. Like when I was a kid, I thought Hayabusa was the shit. And I don't know if it's because I just saw him on like, you know, he wasn't a Tokyo pop videos. Yes. Yes. That's exactly. That's he looked cool in magazines and stuff. Yes. That's exactly. That's this match, he was no good. No, you're right. That's exactly it, because I, I have the same feeling. Like, he, back then, he was, it was like, I don't I don't like to put it like this, because it sounds, it sounds condescending, and I'm not a worker, but he was like the circus act. Like, he, he was cool in the deathmatch type matches, and he had, like you said, he looked really cool because of the mask and his pants and everything like that. But he he was not a good wrestler. Like he was a good high spot guy. He was a good deathmatch guy. He was a good, yeah, just a spectacle kind of guy. Yeah, because even like if you compare like FMW to like ECW. Mm-hmm. ECW was like the WWE, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like like even in ECW, they weren't like just just stabbing each other with like. No, I mean circles. you look you look back on it now, and it's like in the pre-internet days. Now that's a whole different world. In the pre-internet days, when we got DVDs of like the death matches and stuff in in Japan, it was something you couldn't just pull up on the internet. So it was more of a, um, it was a fascination kind of thing, you know, like, like in 1995, I thought Mr. Pogo was cool because Mr. Pogo was 
weird and something I wasn't accustomed to. Yeah. In 2018, I realized Mr. Pogo was a fat Japanese guy that couldn't wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Like he's yeah. just <laughs> That's what I'm saying though, you know. It's like like at least in the <laughs> At least in ECW, you know, you can say what you want to say, but you had to have some kind of wrestling ability. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. To be more than just... Other than the Rottens and Public Enemy, yes. Well, yeah, I'm saying unless, in, instead of just being a five-minute clip on hardcore TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or just being the guy that opens the show at the ECW arena, you know... To to be in that, to be on pay per view, to be doing this, to be doing that, you had to be able to at least, like like people can say what they want to say about Tommy Dreamer, and he fell into being a brawler. But there was a time when Tommy Dreamer was a good wrestler. Oh yeah, and you know I mean? yeah, you, so you the, can so say the, what you want to say about the Sandman, but when he was the Sandman and he was the surfer guy, he was at the Mid South Coliseum and he was working with Jerry the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want to say about the gangsters, but New Jack has said it time and time again. The reason I deserve to come out there and hit you in the head with a keyboard is because I learned all that flippity-floppity shit from the Rock and Roll Express. Right. You know, that's why I deserve that if I want to go in and phone it in and hit you with a keyboard, I can do that now. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of them FMW guys did that. I think those were the guys that tried to go to the fucking New Japan dojo and washed out. So then they went and fucking worked for Onita and just cut each other up with fucking sickles and... It's it's the 90s equivalent of CZW today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying there weren't any talented people in there. Like I was just saying. Like a Masato Tanaka. I'd I'd consider him like a... I, I shouldn't... It's not the same thing, but... He'd almost be like a Dean Ambrose. I was about to say the same thing. You know, that he can do that shitty bloodthirst hardcore wrestling, but at the end of the day, the guy can fucking work. Mm-hmm. That, that's, I'll Ugh. get off my tangent now. But anyway, this match ends when they put Hakushi and Hayabusa on the same table and they both hit a double leg drop through the table, and um, that's how that match ends. And I gave it um, two burritos and some queso dip. <laughs> mm. Because the queso dip was Hakushi walking on the ropes, because I was like, oh man, this just made the match tasty as fuck. <laughs> the and queso dip <laughs> makes everything tasty as fuck. The queso dip went woo on a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's something else, guys. (laughs) We should all name a random wrestler and say what what it does on a bitch. Like, I put on a Facebook post. No, no. What? Save it for next week. (laughs) No, I'm just going to say mine. Okay. I put, I put. (laughs) <laughs> the Ricky Morton drip goes poop on a bitch. 
because he looks like he'd poop on somebody. <laughs> you can't tell me that Ricky Morton never pooped on a 15-year-old. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> Ricky Martin go poop on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> let's get ready to boogie. Huh? I said, let's get ready to boogie. It's the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, Ricky Martin drip go poop on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a recap. Of the Taz Bam Bam Bigelow feud, which was decent in ECW, it wasn't a bad feud. Um, I think it went one match too long, and I think this was the match. But um, basically, they turned into a pinfalls count anywhere match, and it is a. Um, it's funny that we said this earlier about Jarrett, but it is basically a walk and brawl. It's nothing special until. They get back in the ring, and then Taz um, lunges for Bam Bam Bigelow, but Bam Bam Bigelow sidesteps him and um, throws him headfirst through a table. Jesus Christ! Which is which is awesome. Like he basically throws him like a missile through a table, and I enjoy it. I have no doubt it was awesome, but goddamn. And, um. He picks him back up, and they brawl out onto the ramp. And as they're brawling on the ramp, um, Taz um, elbows Bam Bam Bigelow, and then runs at him, spins around, hits him with the tornado DDT, and they go through the ramp. Ah, uh, so this is that. Okay. So it is a play off of um, a couple matches back where Bammer dropped back with Taz and they went through the ring. Right. But now this time it's the ramp instead of the ring. Yeah. And um, the last time it was Taz that got out of the ring first. This time it's Bammer. And he gets out, and he's on the ramp trying to get back to the ring. Taz finally shows bat shows up, shows shines signs of life. Gets out and runs at Bam Bam, puts him in the Kajahatame, and then Bammer's trying to supposedly grab for the bottom rope as they're on the ramp because it's caught it's falls count anywhere, submissions count anywhere. He's trying to grab for the rope and misses and hits the ramp. And Jim Molino calls it a, a um, uh, tap. And Shane Douglas is freaking out, saying that Bam Bam didn't tap. He was trying to reach for the bottom rope. And Taz has declared the winner. And he's retained the FTW championship. And now it's going to be set in motion. The collision course is going to be Shane Douglas, the ECW champion, versus Taz, the self-proclaimed fuck the world champion. And Shane so, Douglas freaks out and throws a monitor off of the 
commentating platform to the ground below. Cool, because he don't want to face no... He doesn't want to face Taz at all. Right. He don't want to, I wanna... He don't want to face that four-foot motherfucker. No, he don't want him to shoot on him, bro. <laughs> well, nobody wants anybody to shit on I'll shoot on him. <laughs> other than Ricky, or other than Ricky Morton's girlfriend. She's all right with it. That's Vicky Morton. <laughs> Same haircut. Same denim jacket and pants. Hey, do you think when Kane was running for mayor of Knoxville, anybody tried to bring up the, uh, the Katie Vick scandal? <laughs> Not if they were smart. Sorry, that was off topic. Go on with your paper. It, it was like this. <laughs> hey, Kane, why don't you tell us about the time that your friend uh, Paul Levesque got into a casket with a dead girl and spaghetti for brains? So we have gone through. In 1987, Glenn <laughs> Jacobs was driving his El Camino down a wet highway. <laughs> <laughs> and then he lost control and he crashed. Do you think Glenn Jacobs called the the, the authorities for help? No. <laughs> he fucked that corpse. He just fucked that corpse. Wow. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs intends on fucking the taxpayers just like he fucked that corpse. Wow. <laughs> vote vote Ed Jenkson. <laughs> All right, what's after Bam. Taz and Bam Bam? Huh? What's after Taz? Wait, actually, how many burritos did Taz and Bam Bam get? Two. Two burritos. Yeah, because they went through that stage, so I'll give them that, that ramp. <clears throat> That's a good ramp. I think it's just missing sometimes. from. I, I like the ramp. Like the. Like went all the, the way to the ring. The yeah, I was to say the WCW early '90s ramp. Yeah, well, they had one here at ECW mm-hmm. on the show. They had a ramp. I like the ramp. But anyway, up next is <sighs> it's horrible. It's the Dudley Boys, Devon, Bubba Ray, and Big Dick, and they're accompanied by Sign Guy. Um. Joel Gertner and Jeff Jones, and they're going to be facing Tommy Dreamer, the Salmon, and Spike Dudley. Ooh. And Bubba comes out and he starts cutting one of those promos that everybody talks about. You know? Yeah. Oh, this is that. It's not that, that one, but oh, he's it's cut a bunch. Of, he's cut a bunch of those, and all the time people were like, "Oh, that was when Bubba was still getting like old school." Heat. It's like no, that's not old school heat. It's cheap. It's the cheapest heat it's, possible. It's, cheap. it's the cheapest heat in the world. He's telling people to suck his dick. He's calling somebody's mom a whore. He's saying that racial uh, slurs. Racial slurs. He's calling people um, um, out by their sexual orientation. To me, <clears throat> getting heat is like you know, like Ric Flair. Or, um, or like the Miz does today. Yeah, or like the Miz does today. Or Ted DiBiase letting the kid bounce the basketball 
and saying, you dribble the basketball till 10, and I'll give you $500. And when he gets to 9, he kicked the basketball. You know what I mean? It didn't, it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't cheap. You worked for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this era of the Dudley Boys is honestly my least, the, 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 the least I'm entertained by the Dudley Boys. Well, I've always said the Dudley Boys are one of the WWE's biggest successes because before, they came to the WWE in 99. They were not good. See, I, I, I'm not saying they're not better in, than they were in ECW when they were in the WWE, but I liked when there was like a bunch of them, you know, and there was like dances with Dudley and Snot Dudley, and, and they were like just like the the misfit group of it. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't enjoy Bubba and Diva when they were just out there like saying that when oh my your mother had twelve inches of Devon's black dick in her butt. It's like that's not getting heat. That's just that's making a butt joke. Right. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To me it was fucking lazy. It's like Bubba, you weigh nine hundred pounds and you're cutting a lazy promo. You're fat and lazy, Bubba. But anyway, I digress. You look like a door greeter at Walmart. <laughs> and then Joel Gertner said something that I wrote down. That's how you get old school heat. Because Joel Gertner said, the Dudley boys have come to Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. Well, it's amazing where people can live these days. <laughs> that sounds like a Bobby Heenan joke. Yeah. It's like, that is how you get heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't cuss. He didn't call them white trash, redneck motherfuckers. He just said, Dayton, Ohio. Well, it's amazing where people can live these days. <laughs> That's a great fucking line. But then a then obviously he went into his, his promo tirade and said he was making him hurting for a squirting and all that other shit. But whatever. You know what? You know what I liked about you know what I like about the Joel Gertner character. It's funny. Well, yeah, the Joel Gertner character is like the um, raunchy porn version of brother love. And <laughs> to me, that's just, that's what it is. It's like it's like the raunchy porn version of brother love. But anyway, and, see, and, you, and you see, you know why it, to me it doesn't matter that he acts that way and he makes the dick jokes and the nasty jokes because he's not the wrestler. He's not the wrestler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, that works. But for Bubba to just be like, "Oh, your mother's a crack whore," it's yeah. like, oh, whatever, man. Should be better than that. <clears throat> but anyway, um, the match starts with. Um, Bubba and Spike, and they go for a little bit and do absolutely nothing. And then they both tag in. Um, if you thought it could get worse than Bubba and Spike wrestling for a little bit, <laughs> um, the next two people tagged in are the Sandman and Big Dick. And I put, well, this should be good. <laughs> Shaking my head. And all of a sudden, it <clears throat> excuse me, turns into a brawl. 
which needed to happen. And Tommy and Devon, probably the most talented guys in the match, end up brawling into the crowd. Um, they wind up back in the ring, and Tommy Dreamer hits a DDT, and this is actually kind of a sick spot, and it, it looked cool. Tommy hits a DDT on Bubba on the ladder and gets the one, two, three. The story is that the Dudleys previously had broken Beulah's neck and had been fucking with Tommy. So he finally got his comeuppets on the Dudley boys. And then all of a sudden, Jack Victory shows back up and hits after the matches. Like the match is over now. Jack Victory shows up and hits Tommy Dreamer in the head with a guitar full of cocaine. So there's white powder goes everywhere. So that's the only thing I can think is, man, Jack Victory loaded his guitar full of cocaine to this ECW. And they're beating him up. Cocaine is in the air. Everybody's beating up Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman and Spike Dudley. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Here's my guess. New Jack's music hits. New Jack shows up, and he comes out, and he's got his his buggy full of weapons. And unfortunately, you had to watch it on the WWE Network with their shitty New Jack music. Yeah, they got Oscar. I think they brought Oscar back <laughs> to record that. And I put on here, you know what New Jack is? We're on a mission. <laughs> you know what New Jack is? What? He is the hardcore black sting. Of ECW. <laughs> because when when Sting went like, you know, Crow Sting, anytime anything bad was happening to somebody, what happened? Sting dropped from the ceiling. Sting dropped from the ceiling. In ECW at the end of the show. No New matter Jack, what he New Jack em- was. New Jack emerged from the IGA. <laughs> yeah, it was his shopping buggy full of... I, I know it's a shopping cart, but I think it's funnier if I say buggy. Because I think New Jack would call it a buggy. I don't know. <clears throat> That's what your southern uh, sister-in-law calls it. So yeah. Yeah. So New Jack shows up with his shopping bag or shopping shopping buggy full of weapons, and and just beats the fuck out of everybody. I remember, <clears throat> I remember the. I'm sorry. I'm not mean to cut you off, but <clears throat> I remember the first time her and I went on a date. After we were done at the restaurant, we were just going to go back to her place and chill and watch movies, right? So I was like, well, we could get some snacks and shit or whatever, and we'll get Red Box and stuff. So we go into the Walmart, and she goes, should we get a buggy? (laughs) And I was like, should we get a what? (laughs) Like a horse and buggy? What the fuck are you talking about? So anyway, but now... After being married to a woman from Kentucky for the past umpteen years, I call it a buggy, just for the record. But anyway, back to your story. But they waylace to the Dudley boys. Um, obviously, they like you know smack around Jeff Jones and and Joel Gertner and all that. Um, Speaking of Howard the Duck, I had a fart there. Speaking of Howard the Duck, you said Jeff Jones. Yeah, I think he's sharing a. I think he's in the same maximum <laughs> facility as Buck Zoomoff. I think, <laughs> didn't he? 
Probably. Anyway. Oh, bow, bow. <laughs> Beautiful. Bow, bow. <laughs> it's like, you want a gummy bear? Been in my butt all day. Is that too much? <laughs> no, it was just enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody other than you's gonna get that gummy bear, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, the match itself, one burrito, it wasn't any good. And see, as I'm watching this, I was thinking in the match, I was like, "This isn't what you would expect, like a a, a, a main event of ECW to be," you know. Because it wasn't very violent. And then I realized when New Jack's music hit, I was like, oh, they're waiting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do a bunch of total hardcore shit going on because they're going to have New Jack come out. So when New Jack showed up, just because it's New Jack, and no matter what New Jack does, I enjoy it. I, I am not like a huge fan of garbage wrestling, but I will watch New Jack garbage wrestle all fucking day because I enjoy the motherfucker. So wait, that was the last match of the show? Yeah. That was the main event? That was the main event. Huh. Well, I only have four dead wrestlers on my list. Well, hold on. Okay. Not done with my review. Okay. <laughs> the post-match, the brawl, with all the weapons and everything, got two burritos. And that's the end of that. And mind you, I did not say wrestlers. I said performers. So how many how many dead folk you got? Okay, hold on. Let me tell you who I have. Okay. okay. I have four. I have Chris Candido. Okay. I have Hayabusa. Okay. I have Mike Awesome. Okay. And I have Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay. Remember, I said the performers that appeared on this show. Kyle, have you did you keep track or no? Uh, no. Were you playing the game? Okay. <laughs> okay, this is everybody that's dead. All that right. appeared in some kind of physical action on this show. So Candido is confirmed dead. Yes. Hayabusa is confirmed dead. Yes. Mike Awesome is confirmed dead. Yes. And Bam Bam Bigelow is confirmed dead. Yes. All right. Who are? How many are there total? Nine. And, and I'm going to read all of them. Damn. Who are the, the ones you said? Who are the other five? Jesus. I'm going to read it. Okay. Yep. Nicole Bass is dead. Oh, yes, she is. Big Dick Dudley is dead. Yes, he is. Chris Candido is dead. Remember, we go to the parking lot. And what happened in the parking lot? Balls Mahoney, Axel Rotten, and John Cronus okay. all attempted to save New Jack. Dead. Mike Awesome dead. He committed suicide. Ayabusa dead. Bam Bam Bigelow dead. Okay, so I didn't get the, the secondary players and the segments and stuff. Okay, I got you. Yep. Nine people in this entire show. There's 33 of them. Nine of them dead. Dead. Jesus. Actually, 
Actually, I was expecting more than nine, to be honest with you. <laughs> this is what I'm. Honestly. This is the point I'm bringing up. This is the point I'm bringing up. Okay. Yeah. People talk about how crazy the ECW locker room and everything is. Mm-hmm. Watch like a 1980s like WWE pay per view. Right. Wow. <laughs> how many right. of them motherfuckers yeah. are dead? You know what I mean? Now you, you can't always what. What I will say to that. Just in defense of 80s. it, it is the 80s, so, you know, that's 30-some years ago. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it just in general, you know, you look at a 90s WWF pay-per-view. Yeah. And count how many people. And and I hate to say this, too, that people talk about lifestyles and this, that, and the other thing. And, I, like I said, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody because I don't, I don't know personal lives or anything. But Bret Hart, what's he talk about all the time? All his friends are dead. But he also talks about how the clique was bad for the business. And the clique was doing this and the clique was doing that. They're all well, alive. They're all still around. And all your friends are dead. <laughs> all your friends are dead, buddy. Now, the only one that you can't really... Uh... Is Owen. Yeah, I understand yeah. That. the only one you can't really count but, out for other reasons other than um, someone else's ignorance is uh, is Owen. So, <clears throat> don't want to get off on a on a tangent there, but yeah. Do you know, do you know that uh, I saw something the other day that said that, <clears throat> that Vince McMahon was wanting to know if Free Fallen would have been too much for the tribute video for Owen? Jesus. We have 497 listeners right now. After I edit this, we will have 492. Thanks, Kyle. We'll just edit that part out. Yeah. You're right. I'm the one. You're right. I rigged it up. You blame me. I'm the one that fucking did it. You made the joke, sir. I, I will insert a Chris Benoit joke. Oh, well. See, here's my thing. A joke about Chris Benoit directly is not terrible. A joke about Nancy and his son are. But for him, fuck him. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> you know? Anyway. So guys, what did you think of my paper mark for edit? Why what do you guys think of my pay per view review? I didn't. I don't, oh, I don't know what. It, what did you review? What did you uh, give the whole pay per view out of out of five burritos? Three, three out of five for an ECW pay per view. ECW pay per views are amazing. Not all of them. They're amazing. It is just. It is. It is. Two and a half hours to two hours and 49 minutes of just nonstop insanity. So I guess that's something we can discuss next week. We won't do it now because we need to sign off and get this shit over with. We do. But maybe, sure maybe next week. the free-falling thing. Maybe that's a point that we can make next week on our free-form show is, um, you know, you said the ECW pay-per-views were good. You mentioned it earlier. The TV shows might have not been that great, but the pay-per-views were always good. They were good wrestling shows. 
That's kind of the way WWE shit is now. Yeah. So, well, we can talk about that next week. So, uh, anything else left to say about these pay-per-views or anything going on right now at this very moment, gentlemen? Or should we sign off and let it be? Well, I think the thing that's going to be interesting is... Uh, have you seen that they're going to do Brock versus Braun versus Roman again? I'm not talking about that. No, I'm just saying. In Abu Dhabi or where the fuck they're going? Yep. That's where Odie gets sent all the time, isn't it? Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Now where Garfield, sent... That's where Garfield's always going to send Odie. <laughs> We're gonna uh, oh, we're gonna talk about that next week though, because I'm gonna talk about the hypocrisy of internet wrestling fans and the fact that they're mad that WWE does shows in Saudi Arabia. But we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I don't want to get off my well, chair right now. So I gotta get off here. It'll be another twenty minutes. I don't have another twenty minutes. All right. Well, let's sign off, guys, because I probably need to get to bed too. Yeah. Wrestling fans, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle all here with you. And next week we will have a free-form show where we can uh, expound on some of the shit we brought up this week. So, Aaron, tell your fans, your 497 fans, goodbye. See ya. Kyle? <laughs> uh, yeah, my one fan after... Uh, fuck. Good night. Hang Good night. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to play some Toot Toot Tootsie to get us out of here. And um, that being said, like I've said before in the show, please make sure that you subscribe, like, and share our Facebook page. Make sure that you check out MotleySoup.com and keep listening. We appreciate your support. The We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll see you next week with a freeform edition. This is Nate signing out for Aaron and Kyle. And we'll see you next week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Goodbye, Tootsie.